hello and welcome to our first episode of the Up and Out podcast. Yes. Claps from the audience. Thank you. Thank you. It's going to be a very bootleg experience until we get more equipment and stuff together, but... We do have a live studio audience, though. You, mm-hmm, you can hear them. Yeah, thank you. The applause is appreciated. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, so bear with us with the stuff that we do have, but we are on the way to making it even better and more profesh. We even have a home studio. Uh-huh. It's in the works. Studio. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stay tuned for video versions of the podcast. They're coming. That way you can see our uh, lovely faces while we talk about random shit. The benefit of not having a video is that I can wear glasses and look like garbage and nobody knows. You don't look like garbage with glasses on. Well, no, I mean like my hair. Oh, look like like garbage. Yes, very that. Having an audio only format. I understand why everybody and their mom wants to do a podcast. Yeah, you can literally be like, I mean, we're not, but you could be naked. I don't want... (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I would say we're starting a podcast, Mm -hmm. but no one asked us to. Mm -hmm. But someone did ask us. (laughs) My mom and dad. Yeah, actually, his dad was like really into it. He came up with... Well, he... No, did he come up with the name? He did. Yeah. Up he and just, out. Up and out, out of the blue. And I was like, yeah. I instantly searched the the podcast repertoire on iTunes. And and he really thought there was going to be one already taken with that, that already had that name. Right. And uh, there wasn't one. So we stole it right like, with what it. What is it? Why up and out? Up and out. We are, we're like. Up and coming. And then also he was trying to like be like you're both gay. You're both out. Let's call it out something. Yeah, it's it's a little on the nose, but it took a creative decision away from it. Like it checked one off the the checklist, Mm -hmm. and we didn't have to do anything. So I'm cool with it. Yeah, I like it. Sounds good. All of my creative juice goes into my music, which I will plug later, but not right now. Um, My name is Gunter McCourt. I am a music professional in the classical world. I direct um, choirs in public, middle, and high school. Um, so that's just a short introduction of who I am, Trevor. Um, tell the audience who you are. I am Trevor Van Vliet. I'm currently a student in physician assistant school, and I'm in my clinical phase, so I'm out there doing surgery and stuff right now. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, he comes home every day exhausted because he's been standing over bodies and cutting them open. And I telling rarely you, do the cutting. Okay. But well, you're helping someone I'm do helping the cutting. I'm helping someone do the cutting. Yes. You can't see, but he's holding a pair of like salmon pink colored scissors Look, saying, I, need, I don't do the cutting. I need to have something <laughs> in my hands because I'm nervous about this. <laughs> so. um, but yeah, he'll come home sometimes and he's like, oh, we, like, cut a muscle off of somebody's body and, like, flipped it over to the other side. Yeah, that's actually exactly what we did yesterday. Disgusting. I it's mean, called a latissimus dorsi transfer. Okay, this is but, not what okay, this podcast yes. is about. <laughs> but also anything that I say medically cannot be taken seriously because I am not yet a certified professional. So. And also he's not your certified yes. professional. So don't come for me with the malpractice. Legal okay. disclaimers. Were, <laughs> yeah. See, we've listened to a lot of podcasts, <laughs> yeah. so we know that we need to cover our bases. 
places. Um, so tell tell them what we're doing, Gunter. Okay. What our first well before we get to the topic. Is, okay. Before we get to the topic, we're gonna we're going to introduce a segment to oh, yeah. the podcast that is gonna be a recurrent thing. So based on the name, we decided to. Every time we have a podcast every week, we're going to talk about our ups and our outs. So the things that are our ups are the things that we're happy about and that we're like living for. And the outs are things that need to get out right now that are our drain on our lives or the world or whatever yeah. around us. So if you were ever a, a nerdy theater kid, the rose and thorn thing that people do... Um, that's kind of what Where it is. Where they do like highs and lows, you yeah. know, of the week. At camp, Christian camp, we've all been, well, I've been there. <laughs> Dead silence. <laughs> okay, so what would be an up for you? What's your up this week? Hmm. Well, so I started my orthopedic surgery rotation this week. What the heck does orthopedic mean? Just It's like bone doctor. Okay. So bones, joints. Cartilage, all osteoporosis. That. That's a condition, yeah, in orthopedics. Yeah, mm-hmm. but so um, I started that this week, and it's been pretty good. I haven't cried yet, um, and I'm learning a lot. And I, yeah, <laughs> applause for not crying. I cry a lot, and Gunter doesn't really cry that often, but... Not anymore. I mean, I mean... Wait, actually... No, I cry more often now, but that's another topic for another episode. Okay. And what's your up for this week? Um... Oh, and we're starting the podcast. That's another up. Yeah. yeah. You only get one. Oh. So, mm-hmm. your credit, you're already, you're already in debt for next week. Yeah. Um, my up for this week is probably... Honestly... Uh, I had singles come out yesterday, Man Enough and Paradise. You can listen to them anywhere. Just search Gunter and then Man Enough or Gunter and Paradise. They're part of an album, a double album that's coming out in a few weeks. Um, and I'm happy that they're out in the world because they have some very significant meaning. Um, I didn't just write them for funsies. So go listen to those. That's my up. Trevor, what's your out for the week? What's the thing that you can live without that you don't need in your life right now? Well, Gunter told me this morning that he thinks a third world war is going to start soon. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, I stay up to date on like news and stuff, but he actually gets like notifications. And so probably what? too many notific. Oh, can we say the company? I don't know. A news source. Sentiment. Yeah, no, we're not, okay. we're not like slandering. <laughs> yeah. Like it's their job. Um, uh, I think it was BBC or CNN sent an alert mm. that said Iran officially, like, publicly acknowledged that they sent drones to Russia prior to the Ukraine invasion. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, great, 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 great. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, so that's like, that's my out. I, I do, and in all seriousness, like, it is extremely sad what's going on. It in is a little bit. Ukraine and everything. And so... Um, yeah, that's just, it's stressful, it's sad, and it's ugly. So it, it is, needs to go. It's ugly, <laughs> it needs to go. I support that. Well, maybe, Ooh, okay, yeah. yeah, maybe for the, maybe for the, um... For the toilet. That's for Vladdy. Oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah. for Vladdy. And that's for war in general. Yeah, no, yeah. 
Um, what is your out, Gunter? Oh, what can I live without? The entire... <laughs> this is hard for him. He has a lot of things he doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> um... Well, I'm a teacher right now, and if you know anything about teaching, it's that it's really hard right now. So I'm out with attitudes, just negative mm. attitudes. I'm out, those can those can go. I'm over and done, and have been with that. I'm not saying anything specific about the attitudes. It could be my attitude. It could mm. be other people's attitude. But attitudes in general, it's almost 2023. Like we need to learn to talk to one another. And get together. And also just do what the teacher says. Please, God, make my life easier. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my out. I'm like, "Ah." come home stressed every day from work because of attitudes. So that. Mm -hmm. This is what, this is what the attitudes I've been dealing with. (laughs) Disgusting. (laughs) But attitudes with Eric and Brian. That's a good podcast. Attitudes. (laughs) Free plug, free promo. I know, they better send me a check. Please okay. don't sue us, we're big fans. No, okay. they better send me a check, because all our fans are going to become their fans now. Oh my god. Okay, well, I guess it's time to talk about the topic of the episode! We cannot let this turn into a two-hour conversation. How can we not, though? What, I think one of us needs to set a timer. Um... And Gunter will edit it and post to cut it down and cut some stuff out if he needs yeah, to. Yeah, no, you don't have to listen to everything. We don't need a timer. Yes, we do. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to okay. keep an idea. Okay. Trevor, why don't you tell the, why don't you tell the people what they're here so, for? So, throughout our relationship, Gunter and I are dating, by the way. Throughout our relationship, we have many a time discussed... The work of Taylor Swift. Oh, Tay Tay. <laughs> um, so, as you all know for sure, she, <laughs> she recently came out with her new album, Midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gunter and I have, I'll say, differing viewpoints on Taylor's career. Our history, and we've been dating for over two years now, and one of the hot topics since we started was opinions on taylor swift's like stardom her celebrity status and like her music like the art behind it the stories behind it the um performance aspects and both trevor and i have experience as performers on stage in school and at universities um i'm i have a master's in music education so i spent a lot of time in school studying music so i do have a lot of opinions about all the music I hear all the time. It's just part of the way my brain works. And you've always been a big Swifty, right? Yes. I... Since, like... I Okay, so I haven't always... I wasn't into her in, like, her... Fearless, speak now eras. Like, I don't know if I was too young or just... Maybe I was too in the closet. Didn't want to, like, listen to a female singer. Because we all know that's, like, gay... Okay. But, um, so, since Red, I would say I've been a very big fan of Taylor Swift. And this has created some turmoil in our, not turmoil, well, yeah, we've argued about it before. There's been a few times <laughs> yeah. where we've gotten literally too heated over yeah. a person that we'll probably never meet. Most likely. But yeah, so anyway, we are going to review Midnight's the 3am edition, um, in 
this week's episode, so let's get to it. Yes! You should have added in the theme song. I am. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Trevor, um, I, I have a disclaimer that I wrote for the review before we get okay. into the whole album, because we know the Swifties are kind of crazy. We know. And I don't think that's I a mean, hidden... I don't like that word, but... A Swiftie? No, crazy. Oh, well, as a crazy person <laughs> <laughs> who is on meds because of many things. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's not crazy. It's just a colloquialism. I understand. Um... These are just my opinions. Some of you are not going to like them, and that's okay. That's the beauty of the world, is that we all have different perspectives and opinions, and that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're not judgments of her as a person, for the most part, or as a professional. She makes more money than I'll ever be able to and understand. My little opinion is not going to change anything, nor should it change yours. It's just my artistic taste versus yours. Um, the Swifties do not need to come for me. I know you love your girl, and I love some of her music, and I actually really like her um, Her eras where the Swifties kind of dropped her and were like, this is not the Tay-Tay we knew. I love Reputation. Yeah, Gun- I love, love Reputation and love So when, when the Swifties when the Swifties let her down... Well, it's not <laughs> let her down. Reputation tour was one of like the biggest ones she ever did. I know. But... When the Swifties didn't like her output, I was like, wait, this actually slaps. So yes. don't come for me. That, if that gives you any insight into what Gunter's perspective on her past work has been. You know, yeah. if, if I... Uh, my opinions are not going to stop her from being your favorite. So we can just disagree and that's okay. People hear what they want to... Um, They'll think I hate Tay-Tay because I have critiques, but I definitely think she's valid um, in her style as an artist. And she clearly speaks to a ton of people. So there's a reason she's famous and makes all this money. Mm-hmm. It just may not be my go-to sound or style, you know? Okay? So yeah. I'll, I'll talk about it as we get into it. Um, but first song, opening song on the album is Lavender Haze. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Are we going to listen to it? We yeah, just... we're going to go okay. listen to it and report back. Yes. Okay, we're back. We listened to... We just listened to snippets of it. Track one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lavender Haze. Who wants to go first? I'll let you I... go first. Okay. Sar. I think that this song... It's a good opener. I think it's a little corny when she's like, Meet me at midnight in the beginning. I mean... Agreed. Yes. <laughs> but... but if there's nothing that... Is doesn't say it's Taylor Swift. Let me reword that. Taylor Swift is known for her like relatable corniness, so that's yeah, definitely. I mean, a, I'm not surprised that she yes. had that in. So so yeah, me at midnight. And anyway, the beat right off the bat's good. Mm-hmm. There's like so basically overall. First of all, the song sounds a lot like "Think He Knows" from Lover. I don't know if you remember that song. I think he knows. Yeah, it's like, yes. I gotta tell him I think he knows. And yep. then it's like, heartbeat. Okay, it's not okay. too anyway. much. We're gonna get strict <laughs> with copyright not or with, something. Not with my performance. Anyway. <laughs> the, the, the algorithm can't tell yeah. because it was so pitchy. <laughs> um, the, the like harmonies and the way she performs that song is very similar to that song off of Lover. Mm-hmm. I like that song on Lover. And 
I like the harmonies a lot in this song. Sonically, I appreciate that it's not just <laughs> like how a lot of songs on folklore are. And um, the lyrics don't really do that much for me on this song, but I like the sound. That's basically my thoughts on this song. Okay. Um, I made pros and cons for each song. Oh, he went in. Oh, I okay. went in. Like, I have a long list. Okay. Um, well, but we're not... We'd be here all day if we okay. talked about yeah. all of it. My opinions... I'll, I'll let, let me start with the pros so mm -hmm. people know that I'm not a hater. She's doing a thing that's called text painting in the classical world, and I love it when pop musicians um, try to make the music imitate what the story is saying. Mm -hmm. Like, she's in a... Hey. Yeah, it's very like <laughs> her voice is breathy and makes you think of foggy. how airy and foggy a lavender yeah. haze would mm -hmm. be, right? I also put an extra breath in that tone. Sorry, it's kind of ugly. <laughs> um, but her breathy tone and that timbre, that color of the sound, matches the visual that she's trying to give you in the story. Um, it's very artsy, and I'm all about the music mimicking what's happening in the story. And like the thing about it is. I'm surprised this song was not on Lover, to be completely honest, because, like, the the imagery of Lover, the pink and blue fog. Very hazy, very cloudy. Lavender haze. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah. So I get what you're saying. So, the cons. Her singing style and everything that she does practically since ever is so nonchalant. It is just, it's another Taylor Swift album that starts with a song where it sounds like she's narrating or reading from a script and she's not full, full voice singing. Mm -hmm. um, and don't come for me again, Swifties, if you disagree, that's fine. But as a like classically trained singer, I can tell when someone is hypophonating or using too much air and not making enough noise for how mm -hmm. much they're putting in effort. Um, and it gives a very, like, ah, 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 yeah. haze. It is, it's kind of lazy singing, but I understand that that's not her intention. She's trying to give off that vibe. But she, to me, always sings like she's narrating from a script instead of singing, like, with her gut, like, from emotion. Mm -hmm. And that's just maybe not necessarily the sound that I go for. So it's hard to take this song seriously like, I can't really vibe with the message because it just sounds so, like, meh. So, yeah. so put off, I guess, is what it sounds like. Yeah. Do we want to rank, like, give yeah. each star, yeah. like, stars or something for each song a rating? I say out of ten. I give this one opening track, mm, I would give it a seven. I was going to say seven. Yeah. I it's not a bad seven. song. Like, it's enjoyable to listen to, so seven. I just, it's not my favorite Taylor Swift song. Okay. I'm having fun with the soundboard. So I would say seven and up, that's that's a decent song. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, second track, Maroon. Maroon. We're going to go listen, or we're going to come right back. Okay, we just listened to Maroon. I'll let you start. What? You start Do you want time. me to start? Yeah, okay, we'll I'll go start back this and forth. Yeah. My pros, I have none. I hate this song. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I was not actually expecting that. To be honest, I, I, I don't know why. The chorus is so slut, like it's so draggy, uh -huh. and it doesn't hit different from the rest of the song. She gets to the chorus, and a yeah. chorus is supposed to be, well, typically, it's not, it doesn't have to be, mm -hmm. but it tends to be the part that gets stuck in your head that kind of 
boosts the energy in the song and and is like the climax of the story, right? Yeah. This song doesn't do it for me. It is just the same like dreamy soundscape the whole time. It is such a skip for me. Um, I don't like anything about it. I'm just keeping it real. And I hate, I hate, hate, hate your hair and makeup. Um, No. (laughs) That's a drag race reference. Our gays will get it. I do not like the way that she, like, ends a lot of the parts of the chorus with Maroon! Like, what? I I get that she's trying to give yeah. a visual, but I just, I think the song is, like, too corny for its own good. It's definitely a filler track. Yeah. No, I agree. It's a skip for me, too. It, which, the reason I thought you might like it, though, is because it gives reputation vibes to me. But maybe that's just because it sounds dark. I think that's like, just, the, like, the 808 drum beat or whatever. Yeah. Um... Also, I don't know. It's just there's just nothing very memorable about mm-hmm. the song. It's not very unique. It doesn't stand out in any way. Um, I'm surprised she put it so early in the track list because yeah. typically artists will um, put like songs that are the singles or the ones that give you the most accurate vibe to the mm-hmm. album. They'll typically put those at the beginning. Yeah. I, I mean, I like the contrast between this song and Lavender Haze. I think already... Contrast? Yeah, well, not in her voice necessarily, but in the background production instrumentation. To me, they were so, they were so similar, like, in their, like, poppy dreamscape sound that it was, like, mm. they do, like, flow into each other really well, but I can't distinguish them overall like maroon is so forgettable because it's right next to a song that i think does its genre and style better. but better yeah okay okay i see that i was just thinking like when you listen to folklore in my opinion this it's like same genre same background instrumentation like everything is so similar that i already am liking even though it's not very varied the variety on this album more than okay than folklore um I like the siren-like drone in the back of the song, and something that I like on this album specifically, we'll get into it later, she ties specific aspects of songs into other songs, too. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's to connect them, but the drone comes back in a later song, too. It kind of reminds me of The Purge, almost, which is why I was thinking, like, spooky. Um, also, this is just my opinion. When Taylor says, and we'll bleep this, when Taylor says the word fuck... It seems inauthentic to me, and I. She's she's. It seems like she's so, trying to be edgy. Yes, you know? and and she has been edgy before, but yeah. the the vocal inflection is really really, um, like listen to artists like Adele or um, uh, that's who I can think of right now, <laughs> or like a screamo or a heavy metal artist. Like they manipulate their voice and yeah. approach certain verses and words in a way that communicates the feeling. Mm-hmm. She rarely puts any, like, mmph behind her voice. Mm-hmm. So when she says words like, fuck, but it's, yeah. like, cute and girly, it doesn't come off that she's actually angry. Yeah. And and this isn't, like, I think the first time she really said that in a song, well, maybe not, but in All Too Well, the 10-minute version, she has, like, she says fuck, and then she says it a little bit on, like, Evermore and stuff. It's just, I don't know. Maybe this is me struggling to accept, like, this new Taylor, but, like, it just seems like she's putting putting it on to appeal to an older audience, which, mm. Mm, I don't know. I just, it seems inauthentic. Not always, but on this song when she's, like, in the bridge, she's like, real fucking 
legacy. See, like, I believed not... that attitude okay. in yeah. reputation. That album, I believe. Well, she doesn't it. say the F word in reputation. No, but she's but, she's giving yeah. the same vibe, the same character, yes, yeah, perhaps. Yes, yes. Yeah. Again, why I thought this song reminded me of reputation. Yeah. But anyway, um, I don't know. It seems inauthentic on this track specifically. I five. This is a. It's this just... song's like a four or five. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm sorry, Tay Tay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> for the bad ones, should we do that or should we do? I don't know what's worse, toilet or boob. I don't know. Toilet gives a very dirty connotation, obviously. Toilet is like bottom of the barrel. Okay. So this song is yeah, this. Yeah. It's not my least favorite. It's absolutely not my favorite. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> okay, next track. Antihero. Okay, we are back. I, can I please go first? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Anti-hero, my pros. I love, I love, 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 love the concept. If you know anything about me, if we've ever talked about Taylor Swift, it's that I don't believe her. Like, she so often is this, like, pop star that is, like, curating who she is and what her public image is, mm-hmm. because that's kind of what you have to do most of the time. But it feels inauthentic, and I hate, I hate the feeling like it's inauthentic and then hearing it in the music mm-hmm. and it sounds like she's putting on a character. The song, she's kind of like breaking down all that and being like, hi, it's me. I'm the problem. She's I'm, admitting, you know, I'm not perfect. She's being vulnerable. And I'm like, girl, why did it take, what's this, her 10th album? I think. I yeah. think this is number I 10. Think it's 10. Why did it take like 10 albums for you to actually like put it outright and say all of these things that, I don't know. I, I feel like this is one of the first times she's been authentically vulnerable. And it's in an entertaining song. I mean, there have been other songs where she, you know... There have. I there don't have. know. It's like, uh, whatever that song is, where she talks about the dynasty or... I don't know. Or like champagne problems. Like, she's talking... She's talked about having a drinking problem before about these things. and But this, I agree, was the first song where she really was like... She cut through all the crap. It was very... It was very entertaining and at the same time just real. Yeah. And so I appreciate that as well. But is there anything else you have? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's a human. She sees mm-hmm. that, you know, she's uh she has superstar and egotist tendencies, the narcissism the covert narcissism. I wrote that lyric down. I love when she says Everybody loves that lyric. Twitter went wild. Oh, covert narcissism I disguise as altruism like some kind of congressman. Yes. Like, Do I think that that was a forced, what did we call it the other week? It's not a rhyme. And I wanted to call it... Uh, narcissism and congressmen? Or... Yeah, all the sisses. What do we call that again? That's alliteration. Or I a near alliteration, rhyme. I don't know. I thought alliteration was at the beginning of the word. No, it's just any. Okay. Yeah. Um, she forces that one a little bit. That's... Uh, we're going to work into my cons with that one. Okay. Um... But she does break the stereotype a bit of her being the heartbreaker, and she kind of flips it and is like, eh, or, or that, that's that's not what I mean. That she's always the heartbroken one, and now mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, sometimes I screw up too. Sometimes I ghost people. Yeah. Like sometimes. And another favorite lyric, sorry, wait, this is your turn. Or are we just talking? Let me finish my okay, cons. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The song does not have a strong chorus. Yeah. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. 
what a wasted opportunity. Yeah. This song starts so mm-hmm. well in the verses. Mm-hmm. So good. And then you get to the chorus and the beat drops a little. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, hi, it's me. There's such a awkward pause there that I'm like, come on. This is supposed to be the part of the song where you like boost into the climax. You're like opening yourself up. And it's just, it's not very strong. Um, I was waiting for more backing vocals and it takes a while for them to jump in in the chorus. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I can't remember, but it's like halfway through the chorus when she starts singing about staring in the mirror, uh, like she can't look in the mirror. That's when the vocals come, or the harmonies in the background come in. And I'm like, oh God, beautiful. Took too long. The song never quite built up to where I think it could have gone. Um, and in the bridge where she repeats, hi, yeah, yeah, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. I wrote this down w- the first time I listened to it. It's giving Kristen Stewart. It's giving Twilight. Hi, it's me. It's also giving a little Jennifer Coolidge. Hi, okay, no. It's me. Well, it's first of all, Jennifer Coolidge is an icon, so... I, I love Jennifer Coolidge, but Jennifer Coolidge <laughs> isn't trying to pass herself off no. as a pop star. <laughs> So, yeah, it's very lethargic. Kristen Stewart is also an icon. I know she is, yeah. but her acting, as I just we all to know, be fair, is I didn't, one note. No, it's one I think note. she played that character of Bella very well. Yeah, because Bella and was, was Kristen written, Stewart. Yes, no, but, it was, but it was written for her to be that blah. Anyway. Anyway, I don't love the <laughs> lethargy in a, a song that is the lead single and makes you think there's this, like, energy and this beat behind it, and then it just drags and goes hi it's me <laughs> yeah all right my my piece has been said okay similar to what gunter said i think that the opening lyrics are like top notch yeah opening really lyrics good. the verse the second verse too where she feels like a monster on the hill and everything i love apparently that's a reference to beowulf which is like okay we're cool because she's like the monster on the hill lurching towards the city and then when she goes tale as old as time it's like that's a really old ass story yeah so i, I didn't like, realize that was a reference yeah. to beowulf that she like she connected those lyrics together yes. and I like yeah it. so i like that um and i love i'll stare directly at the sun but never at the mirror like, i do like that that's a really clever lyric i just got goosebumps yeah and it's Ooh. like and it's and because that's where she's being so real. She's like, yeah, I'm living this life where I'm constantly staring at the sun and, like, putting on this thing that everything is perfect, blah, blah, blah. I'm not the problem. And, like, daydreaming and then, all the time because she's a superstar yeah. and doesn't have to go to work like the rest of us. And then, yeah. And and also, I don't know. If, have you watched the music video? No, but should we talk about it? Well, I, I want to. But so in the music video, her... It's kind of like RuPaul's always talking about the inner, inner saboteur. Yes. Um, That's definitely what the song is. Yes. Her inner saboteur always has alcohol in mm-hmm. her hand and is like always handing her a bottle of wine and mm. stuff. So I think... Relatable. The music video was showing like, hi, I have a drinking problem, you know, whatever. I think the alcohol might have been... I haven't seen it, but I'm going to guess it was a metaphor for all of that. Mm-hmm. I don't think the song's only about alcohol. No, 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 it's not. It's about all her bad demons and, and everything, okay. but... Clearly, she has sung before about alcohol causing her to make bad decisions that she regrets and everything. And, like, and, okay, this whole fat on the scale thing, is this, were you, okay. That's the only thing I know about it. When, first of all. Is she canceled? 
is it, like, people canceled? got angry, but I think it's ridiculous. Her whole thing is, if you actually look at Taylor Swift, and so I saw this picture recently of all of her interviews on Jimmy Fallon, I think it was. Yeah. And it's over the last, you know, albums that were released. And apparently she's talked about this before. Taylor Swift has always struggled with body dysmorphia and she had an eating like disorder. Like an, right? an eating disorder. And you can see when you look at the pictures, she is now at like a healthy weight. Yeah. With this album compared and I know that might come off wrong. Again, he I is am a kind medical of a medical professional. So yeah. So I think she has finally started to, you know, get better in her body dysmorphia and allowed herself to eat and and not be so worried about, you know, being fat and everything. So when she is singing, sometimes I feel like everybody's sexy and I'm a monster on the hill. And then she looks down at the scale and it says fat. That is not saying she's fat phobic. It's saying that society is fat phobic and she is afraid that people are viewing her as fat because of her body dysmorphia and i hate that people took that as she's shaming fat people she doesn't want to be fat it's society that doesn't want her to be fat you know i agree with you and i do think it was kind of blown out of proportion but i also don't identify as a fat person so i don't i don't know what the context would have been as like a consumer of that music Mm -hmm. video and being a fan um and identifying that way but i think I think the problem that people had with it was in the music video, she kind of mirrors what, like, she's trying to communicate what society's expectation is of, like, her body type and whatever and what she should look like. And instead of finding another way to, like, portray that in the music video, I guess, like, I I think people are being a smidge too sensitive about it. I think her stepping on the scale and, like, the music video building up to it and having this reaction, like, like, do they react to it when she stands on the scale her, and it just says fat? Her inner saboteur looks down at the scale and, like, shakes her head. Okay, like, so in the music video, she's continuing that idea of fat equals bad. Fat is a negative. Fat is a con. And yeah. it's, I mean, she did take the time to have, like, her her double, like, videoed self look down but again she's admitting Mm -hmm. that she's the problem she's falling into this societal problem like that's while still acknowledging that fat equals bad though i think that's the thing people had a problem with well and and so she did change the music video yeah she changed it instantly now it's just that she steps on the scale her inner saboteur looks down and shakes her head it just doesn't show the fat do i think that people are being way too sensitive about it yeah yeah and like you said you know we don't identify as, or, I don't know. Anyway, it's like it's just, a very cartoonish thing to do in your music video. Yeah, it is kind of. It is kind of like old timey cartoon. But again, I just think it's my inner saboteur thinks I'm fat. Well, and I feel like I can't be fat. You anyway. know what's fat? The paycheck she's gonna get from the song. Yes. Um, what do you rate it? I would say eight point five. I'm giving it like a 7.5. It was not that better than Lavender Haze, but you know what? It's a win. Yes, yeah. Okay, we're going to listen to the next track. Snow on the Beach. Okay, so we left to go listen to it, Mm -hmm. and we both said we don't need to listen to it. Trevor, why don't you tell us? So first of all, I just want to kind of acknowledge the elephant in the room. Well, it's not even an elephant in the room. Personally, I don't like Lana Del Rey. So, because I think she's kind of a problematic person. 
And it's interesting that Taylor has featured an artist that she does not really align with, like, ethically to feature that we know album. of. That we know of. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, also, something interesting is whenever Taylor features women on a track, they don't ever get their own verses. And they don't ever get their own choruses. Mm. So... Taylor Swift with the Chicks, Taylor Swift with Haim, Taylor Swift with Colby Kellett, or I don't know how to say her name. Now Taylor Swift with Lana Del Rey. They're always just in the background. And I like when someone's featured on a song, give them a verse. Give them their own chorus. Like, feature them. Yeah. And for some reason, when Taylor features women, yeah, same they're feature, not featured. I've always found it weird yeah. as, a, as a songwriter myself that puts out music. Um, I always find it weird when people say featuring X artist and they're their background and you singer. can't tell yeah. where they are. <laughs> like, like they're yeah. just like offering like a background vocal or a harmony and they don't get their own moment to shine. I'm like, you might as well just put their name in the credits in the album yeah. booklet or mm-hmm. in the genius information and then move on, give them their cut, but don't act like, yeah. yeah. So basically you can tell that the song was written with Lana. It has a lot of Lana vibes and everything, but I'm, I'm not the biggest Lana fan. So it's, it's a skip for me. Basically. Basically. Yeah. Okay. So I like how the song developed. It was a slow start, but then towards the end, more instruments came in and mm-hmm. it, it developed itself almost like snow accumulating as it's falling. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are some subtle vocal echoes here and there that I appreciated. It, it sounded very Florence and the Machine, which I love. Um, and there's like this harp sound that happens throughout the song. I genuinely did like those things. However, this song is so boring. This song is such a skip. It is so boring. I always hate these, uh, and vocally, I hate the little scoops that she does in the song where it's, uh, like at the end of each verse, she does like a the scoop with her voice where it's like, ah, ah, oh, the one night. I yeah. hate, mm-hmm. I hate, 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 hate that. It it makes her sound so much younger than she is. Like which like is it, interesting because Marina does that on Fruit. Marina's a weirdo though. That's like, true. Taylor has yeah. never like promoted herself as the weirdo. Yeah. Marina's not afraid to experiment with her music. Mm-hmm. Tay-Tay, it took a while for her to experiment, experiment mm-hmm. with her music. Um, y- 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 there are saucers from another planet. Is that like a lyric that she has in it? Like, da-da-da is like saucers from a planet. I know, I, I know Lana says planet at one point. I but hate I that know. lyric. Yeah. It's so corny. Yeah. This song, this song is a, like, a, even though I liked the instrumentation, it's like a three or a four for me. And even then, I'm not sure yeah, if it should I'll, be that yeah, high. Yeah, for me, I'll say four. <laughs> Snow on the beach, gotta go. Mm-hmm. All right, you're on your own, kid. Okay, I'll go first this time. Prose, it developed towards the end. That's what mm-hmm. the whole song should have been. Like, when yeah. it was all built up and all of this, mm-hmm. like... um the backing synthesizers and the harmonies, it was very Lord. It sounded yeah. like a Lord song. From like and melodrama. I know they're friends. I yes. They, well, and Jack Antonoff. True. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, it was like ribs, like Lord song mm-hmm. ribs where it just starts with her and like one synthesizer. And then by mm-hmm. the end, it's all these repeated looping vocals. I love that vibe. And I like a lot of the lyrics in the song. Yeah. I think the lyrics are, are, are pretty good. However, but the execution. Ugh, her vocal tone <laughs> yeah. is so airy. It, it gives off a whiny, like, 
if you're on your own kid. It just sounds so, like, I, I think the point of the song is that she's admitting that sometimes she is literally on her own and someone can't pick up the pieces for her when something goes wrong, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Um, but I feel like the song she kind of wrote to like let people in and like empathize with her or sympathize and be like, oh, she goes through hard times sometimes too. When you're so whiny, it's like a whiny kid to me. It just, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, kid. It's like, I almost just want to be like, why are you complaining if you're not going to do anything to fix it? Although I don't know the whole context. So that's just the immediate vibe that the vocal tone mm-hmm. gives me. So I'm, I'm kind of speaking a lot of hot air because I don't know what's going on. There were too many words. There were too many words. I liked some of the lyrics, but there were too many words. And she tries to fit all of them into these awkwardly long and very choppy rhythms. So it never feels like... Um, the the verses get settled mm-hmm. it's just a lot oh it's a lot of lyrics back to back the bridge is really long which i sometimes appreciate a long bridge but yeah it's a lot of words yeah like, okay so that's basically all i have to say there's just too many words yeah for this song it, i also skipped this one i'm realizing that i'm skipping more than i thought anyway um but this is the one that has the same siren at the end of maroon it's like the at the end. And so I'm like, why? How does Maroon connect with this one? Or is she just trying to make sure that the whole album kind of is, you know, cohesive? I don't know if she did that on purpose or if it was just a... What was Maroon even about? Like, is, isn't the song like about a sunset and then she gets like a... It's like it's like a blood stain or something at a party. She gets her... It's like, it's like her album Red all over again, but in one song. Like, there's all these stories where the color red... The color maroon yeah. has something to do with it. I don't but know. But what does that have to do with this uh, Well, one? I think it's just... That's, again, it's similar to this. It's like, all throughout her life, she's felt on her own. All throughout her life, she's related to the color maroon, I guess. Oh, maroon. Like, she's yeah. on her own, stranded. Well, no, I don't know about that. Uh, maybe. maybe. I don't know, but I'm just saying, she she relates to the color red for some reason. She has a whole album called Red. So how does she that relate to, to your on your own kid? You're on your own kid is throughout. Oh. It's like a story throughout her whole life. The whole album? You're on your own kid? Oh, see, I don't remember every little detail. Oh, in the bridge, she literally talks about like all her different eras. Like you oh. can like kind of trace it. It was a hint at the tour. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so do you have anything else to say? No, it's a skip. I okay. just, you know, so what are we I'll say it? it's a five. I don't know. I'll actually give it a six. I don't think okay. it's the worst. So we give that like a, like a applause and a half. Okay. No, a half an applause. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes more yeah. sense. Next track <laughs> is Midnight Rain. All right. Who should start? I guess I'll start. Okay. For me, personally, I like this song. Like, I... I don't know, and I don't really know why. So, for me, I was hooked from the start. I guess maybe it was just the voice modification that was going on. I don't know. But I also think that artists should do anti-choruses more often. I think they're really interesting when they happen. And I like that this song, in my opinion, has an anti-chorus. I don't know if Gunter will disagree with me. But um, I don't know. I enjoy it. It's an, I can't remember any of the lyrics. I can't either. So I don't... Um, it, it definitely doesn't, like, impact me that much, but I like to listen to it when I'm, like, driving in the car. 
What another boring song. Another boring song. It's it's like she's letting the synthesizers and all of the production do the work for her instead of like letting the story be like climactic and build and stuff. This song I could hear a pattern in the rhythms in the vocals. She keeps doing this thing where she like will randomly go up to a high note da -da 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 -da, and it kills the flow of the line for me. Mm. I'm not mad at a melody that jumps around. Adele doesn't. She's my favorite. Um, but it seems to be like this trick that she's using in a, a lot of the songs on this album where she just sings and then there's a random, ah, or a random, ah. it just kills the flow. The song already doesn't have a really strong tempo. Um, I have zero pros for this song. Oh. <laughs> um. I don't know. Like I said, I could just kind of enjoy it sonically, mm -hmm. but I get what you're saying about the he wanted the comfortable, I wanted that pain. Uh, like it's, I yeah, hate that. That's, <laughs> wanted that pain. It's like she's trying to be, like it sounds like old school hip hop at that uh -huh. one part, but I, I, I don't believe that she's like genuinely trying to sound authentic to that genre because she has such that like whiny, airy tone in it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this song is a mega skip for me. I never listened to this one. Like I said, I do listen to this one, so it's not a skip. So I have to, I have to give it like 6.5. Okay, we'll give her an applause for you and a boo for me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that boo. Oh, oh, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I have a soundboard. We are not shooting <laughs> Taylor Swift. I. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my god. I wow. downloaded it. <laughs> Oh my god, no harm should come to Tay-Tay. Yeah. Um, I have a soundboard on my iPad, <laughs> and yeah. we're just using it for the first time until we figure out a better system. That was, that was very unintended. I hit boo, and the one under it is a shoot gun, and I don't understand why in 2022 we have a shoot gun sound on a soundboard, okay? Yeah. That's very violent. I'm gonna edit that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna have no idea where we're laughing. Okay, okay. Yeah. okay. Moving on to the next song. Alright, what's the next track? Question ellipses question mark. I just put question because I don't have the time to yeah. dot dot dot. <laughs> okay, I will... Oh! I've got a question. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> it's, there's a button on here that has a question mark on it. So we're going to listen to Can I ask you a question? It's just a question. <laughs> well, that's what she says on the chorus. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Pros. The way it sounded in the final chorus was what the whole song should have sounded like in the end to me. Like, oh, like, like throughout, mm. I mean. Okay. Cons. I hated, 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 hated the song. There's <laughs> oh two. <laughs> there's too many words. She is so wordy in this album. Mm -hmm. And this is another song where it's like she has to come up with these cockamamie rhythms that are, feel so disjointed and not in the tempo because she's yeah. put so many words in, in just one line of a verse that she's she's kind of shot herself in the foot. Um, <laughs> <There's>... <laughs> <laughs> she shot herself in the foot by having to have too many words in one verse. This song is a great example of how less is more sometimes, okay? There were too many questions, and in the song she's firing them off one by one by one by one by one. Question, question, okay, question, okay. question. 
And I could not keep up what was going on in the story. I could not keep up. I also, going off of that, like, I I wrote, I don't like the lyrics. And the, I'm just like, that one part where it's like, do you ever feel like a like, plastic bag no <laughs> have you ever been in a crowded room kissing someone and all your friends laugh at I'm you I'm like absolutely and never then 15 have 15 minutes later they're cheering and then in the background they're like woo I don't like that I don't I have never liked in songs when someone is like and then they cheered and then you hear people cheering it's like two on the nose Marina does it and I love it when she does it Oops. in what song Teen Idol, feeling super, 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 suicidal, okay. and all the girls feeling are like, super, 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 but that's not, that's not, I heard them cheer, woo, it's not, yeah, I love it's, that part of Teen Idol because they're literally singing about being suicidal and they're cheering, it's and I the, love the juxtaposition of that, if you need help, there are hotlines online, okay, yeah, we're not, yeah, we're not, in, suicide. No, anyway, not at all. um, this song is another skit for me, and I think in this song, there's, Maybe towards the end, I might be getting this confused, but she's like, another fucking... Again, it's like, I don't think that her saying the F word in this song does fit. what she it thinks it's doing. I think if you're going to curse, it should be for a purpose that, I don't know, it, it should add mm-hmm. to the song. And I don't feel like that was necessary. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's old fashioned of me to be like, you don't need to be cursing. But like, I, yeah. I, I don't think it's like a cursing thing. Like I'm not holding her to some standard that like, I don't hold that's myself true. to and in also, my private life. I'll say whatever I want. Megan the stallion curses all the time in her music. And I'm not yeah, and like, I love Nicki Minaj. Yeah, and her, yeah. Some of her music is vulgar. Yeah. Yeah. You know? True. 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 Yeah. But there, there is like, like an acting, you were a musical theater kid. I did one musical and think I'm an actor, apparently. Um, uh, But you have... They teach you in acting that, like, you have to portray the character. You have to be the character when you're saying certain lines or they're not going to deliver properly to the crowd. Songwriting and singing is no different. Like, in the classical world where all of the pop singer songwritery stuff originates and comes from, even they were doing it 300 years ago. They were trying to find different ways to portray the character of the story in the lyrics, in the music. There are ways that you manipulate your technique to get the crowd to believe what you're saying. And that's uh, you have to be even more dramatic when you're singing something that's not in English so that people who don't know what language don't know how to translate the language you're singing into can still get an idea or context of what's happening. You're like overly dramatic, right? Mm -hmm. She doesn't even need to go that far. She just needs to make it believable. And I don't believe it when she cusses most of the time in this album. And actually, I don't really believe it. And you know what? This is going to come back later. Um, there, there's a song later that I want to talk about her believability and and how she comes across Mm -hmm. and inauthenticity and all that stuff. So put a pin in that. We're going to put a pin in that. Are, are we done with... Can I ask you a question? Oh, yeah. This is like a four. I don't know. This song's Maybe like a mean. three or a four. Yeah. I'm sorry, girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moving on. All right, Trevor. What's the next we track? Got vigilante shit coming down the barrel. Okay. Um, <laughs> can I start? Yeah. For some reason, Swifties... Ugh, they're going to come for me. But Swift... You are a Swiftie, I am a Swiftie. Okay, I am a Swiftie. For some reason, Swifties love to go insane whenever Taylor gives a dark vibe. They do. With reputation, when Ready For It comes on, it's like, boom, boom, boom. 
<laughs> like that. I've seen I've, so We have like overloaded the mic. <laughs> I have seen so many videos where people are like, oh my God, oh my God, when they hear that. And I saw another video of this Swifty club at like this college. They were all in the university university theater and when vigilante shit came on with the the bass in the beginning they all screamed and were like oh my god yes it's giving something different <laughs> but <laughs> what is that what is that it's tay tay's next song with the with the hard knock vibe oh, in oh. it okay <gasps> wow it's a bass drum so yeah it's like cool i think she's doing something different but again with this song i think she's trying too hard like it seems inauthentic. And maybe that's, is that misogynistic for me to be like, when when a woman, get, but no, because it's not when a woman, it's when Taylor does it. Like, I think they're Lord and Billie like, Eilish. First of all, this song sounds like a ripped off Billie Eilish song well, to me. To f like, um, to back up your point, I don't necessarily think it's misogynistic to say that because I'll give the context of Sam Smith's song, Unholy. Mm -hmm. Like, when Sam oh, Smith yeah. tries Unholy. to act, and Sam Smith is non-binary, yeah. um, but when they try to do like that, like, I'm a badass, like... I'm gothic now. Yeah, it just, was, it's like... That was cringe. I girl, like you sang song. two albums that were about breakups <laughs> yeah. and heartbreak, and we love you for it. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, it's like this weird experimental, like... Yeah. I mean, go off. It was number one on the iTunes charts for weeks, but... That's not the thing I have to say about that. feels inauthentic. Yeah, but also, number one on the iTunes charts, if you're famous enough, your song will make it to number one. That's Regardless true. Regardless of That's whatever, true. though. Anyway. But, yeah, I just feel like... I like okay. I like the production in the second verse. There's a lot going on. I think it's like interesting, but like I said, I think it sounds like a ripped off Billie Eilish song, especially towards the end where she goes, "I'm on my vigilante shit again." It's like she's doing that vocal fry, like weird distortion thing that Billie Eilish loves to do. I'm not saying Billie Eilish owns that. This is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm interrupting you for yeah. of that to back your up your point which you didn't even know. We had not talked about this album oh, yeah, zero. before we did the podcast. I don't podcast. know any of his opinions. He yeah, know we do, we have been listening yeah. to it for like what, 2 weeks now and we yeah. haven't talked about it with mm -hmm. each other at all so we could have like content. We should have said that at the beginning. Anyway, girl, yeah. I literally put in my cons it sounds like she's copying the style Billie Eilish uses yep. that experimental anti-pop yeah. like hip-hop vibe mm -hmm. in in the vocals and in the instrumental a hundred percent like we both thought the same reminds thing reminds me of the you should see me in a crown yes like that. Yeah. which is fine i think it's fine to do something different i again i don't want the whole album to sound exactly the same but this seems like she went too far and it's inauthentic ah i don't know i don't hate it though it's a skip. I do skip it most okay. of the time. <laughs> so my pros, it's actually not a skip for me, believe it or oh, not. Okay. I know. Okay. Um, it sounds like Glory and Gore by Lord, the one that they literally played that song for like a Discovery Channel, like a like a like a there was like a week where they like talked about Vikings or wolves or something, and they played Glory and Gore. Um and it just has this like very aggressive and like uh, like warish kind of we're we're getting ready to go scrap and have a fight or whatever, um, and that speak sing style mm -hmm. that Lord had on that song in the album is kind of what I get here, and I mostly believe 
that it works. It works in my opinion. In this song specifically, like Midnight Rain and the other ones when she mm -hmm. tries to do that narrative mm -hmm. speak singy, I'm not here for it. But this song specifically, it it works. It fits. I mostly believe the character that she's putting on and her choices in the vocal inflections are actually kind of good in this one. I do agree. I don't think she's actually going out that, to like be a vigilante, no, but I love this I love this character that she's put on the song. Like you talked about acting before. I think she does a good job of acting in this song. Yes, like the bra gets yeah. the who do you think she got it from? Yeah. yeah. I love. Yeah. I love yeah. I love that it feels authentically badass. Like in so you some think of the vocal inflections. not as inauthentic as the other ones. I okay. I think there are bits and pieces here and there where it's like obviously you're you're not actually doing this. This is like a song that you wrote to like pretend that you were going to get back at somebody or something. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I need to listen, give it more time. I think in the beginning I was just like, okay, she's doing Reputation again. Right. But also going even farther and now she's copying Billie Eilish, which I know copying, when people use the word copying in music, it's like, music is always something's going to be inspired. Yeah, by, there's no you know, such thing as music yeah, that's created yeah, in a bubble on its yeah, own. Yeah, but, so I would rate this song. Okay, one last thing. Mm -hmm. I don't want to forget this. If more artists sing in cursive, I am literally going to quit music. Pry. Yeah, but I was going to say before, I prefer, because you, in like Lavender Haze and stuff, the breathiness you don't like, I prefer breathy over cursive. Oh my God. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, she gets the house, gets the prayer. Okay. Like, might as well just grab a ukulele and sing Riptide or something at this point. I'm so sick. I, you know that that stereotype. Everybody listening know, knows exactly what that sound is. Um, I'm over it. I'm over that sound. But I give the song an eight or an eight point five. Wow. Yeah. For I, me, it's for me, it's like. What did I give Lavender Haze a seven? I gave it Antihero. I don't. I gave Antihero an eight point five. I'll give this one a six point five to seven. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We're going to give Maybe her a clap because it averages out to like know. a seven or something. Yeah. Okay. Next. I don't need to listen to it. What about I you? have something. I want to start. Okay. We say? okay. So, what, what track are we on? Oh, is it recording? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't need to listen to this and I didn't want to listen to this song. This is Bejeweled. <laughs> this is track nine. And people are always like, Taylor does track nine so well. I think people like... Do you think, I don't understand, do artists plan, like, I want all my track fives to be good? Because Adele, people are always like, oh, wait, no, it was Taylor Swift. She came out with it, and people were like, track five, track five. Adele's track fives and six always tend to be really good. Like, that's Water Under the Bridge, Remedy, okay. Oh My God, Can I Get It, Maybe Set it's Fire. like, because like, it's like you're halfway through the album, you want to, like, draw people in. Well, I don't know. I'd, I mean... As a songwriter, um, <laughs> I don't want to use that too much, but from my experience and the stuff that I've researched and the way that I do it, is you always, you want an album to have multiple points of gaining momentum. Yeah. Because it's really, like, people don't listen to albums anymore. They listen to playlists. Solar Power, she faded out real quick. The, like, that yeah. album, which is another topic for another day, that <laughs> album has no momentum. Yeah. Like, after the first, like, song or two, it just dips and plateaus. Um, people 
when they're putting together a track list, typically will want to have something catch people's attention in the mid at the beginning, and then it can go to the sadder, slower songs for a second, and then it wants to pick up towards the middle, and then maybe it dips again and then picks up for a big finale, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's just a very generic. Everybody does their track lists their own way. I certainly yeah. do. So I guess I'll you know I have a the lyrics of the verses are not terrible. As soon as I heard mm. nice, it was a chop. It was a chop. Nice. I, it reminded me of me. You know what it reminds like, me of? Yeah. It reminds me of the little, the, the me's bowling on the Wii. Like when you get a strike <laughs> and they all jump up and they're Woo! like, yeah, yeah. Nice. And they spin around. Yeah. 40 love. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, ten- yeah. Bowling, tennis, whatever. Um, as soon as I heard the nice i was like this i hate this it was like mario hitting one of those little blocks yeah yeah (laughs) i don't like that childish shit oh funny you say that because i only have cons for this song and the first one is she sounds like a school girl learning how to rap and i don't mean that like she's a girl she can't rap i mean she's how old is she she's 30 something okay so she's she's close to adele's age if if not the same yeah well, Adele versus Tay-Tay. I'm, I'm not trying to put two women together. I'm just talking about two pop artists that are in very similar global categories of their own mm-hmm. at very similar ages. Yeah. Tay-Tay, there why are, are we there putting... Are people... Why are we putting in, like, Super you, Nintendo sound effects in our songs? Lord and Billie Eilish significantly younger than Taylor Swift. Right. Them, and doing music that's doing much that's, grungier. Yeah. Which and, is fine. I mean, it's just differencing. Difference yeah. Like styles. you can have your style, yeah. but I, I don't think that this, like, I think she's trying to be fun and lighthearted and like playing fun with a lot of the lyrics and the song and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's just not pulling off the same way because she's not a kid anymore. Yeah. Like, I think maybe it's like, she wants to still keep that young fan base because it makes her money. It sounds like a song that 13-year-old girls would listen to, which is fine and valid, but I mean... Adele even said, like, if they're writing music for TikTok, who's writing music for people of my generation? Yeah, who's writing songs about, like, getting married and getting divorced and whatever? And to... Just so everyone's aware, I know y'all know this. I don't know if Gunter does because he's not very on TikTok, but Bejeweled. I'm on is, TikTok. Bejeweled but... <laughs> is viral on TikTok. Oh, yeah. It's because it, it was one of the first videos she put well, out, too. Yeah, but it's also just like, like I feel like this song. Oh, I can put the glitter filter this on. This song is for the younger people. Obviously. And I don't. I hate it. Really, it, re- it relies yeah. on fun sounding synthesizers, those electronic keyboards, to energize it because the content mm-hmm. is so boring. And when she says, I can shimmer, I hate, hate, hate. I can still make the hopeless shimmer. I hate, I hate that line so freaking much. It, it just, it, it, it dematures her. If that, if I can't think of a word, it like. Juvenalizes. Yes. It juvenalizes like her art or whatever. Um, like the rest of the album so far has been like pretty serious and very introspective, whether I've liked the sound of the song or not. Mm-hmm. She's talking about very heavy topics and she's cussing a lot. And then all of a sudden we get to Bejewel. I mean, Bejewel, when I walk in the room, it just, 
does not convey what I, the fun, like, playing and, you know, idea that I think that she was is, going for. I like the concept. Like, okay, you broke my heart, whatever. I can still walk in a room, be crusted like a freaking diamond, and be, like, the center of attention. Can I be honest? <laughs> there are a lot of artists that have tried, like, shine like a diamond. That slaps. You can't knock that song. Mm. Well, You're going to knock Sia and Rihanna? I, I love my Sia, and okay. I, I enjoy some Riri. Yeah. However, when people try too hard with metaphors, especially like this one, I'm a diamond, I'm bejeweled, I'm the light's well, bouncing off of me. Well, and you can tell she's like, I'm wearing a, a stone dress. Right. Yeah, like, I, is that it? That's like, it. That's, that's kind of it in the song. There's not, like, depth behind the metaphor. I, I need a metaphor with a little more And you know bite what? And I don't think you listen to this song. Uh, God, and I don't even remember it's, what it's, album it's the on. The song is very annoying. There's a song to. called Mirror Ball on one of her albums. Uh, is that? I think I that's think on love, Folklore. Is, folklore. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what you get for making yeah. them too similar in name. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but I think Mirror Ball executes what she's... I'm a miracle. Yeah. So she like, basically recycled the same idea yeah. and it's not as good. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. Yes. I, I enjoy the song Mirror Ball more than... Vanilla. And like Afterglow, which is not the same concept because it's about like a like a tumultuous part of a relationship yeah. and coming back together. But Afterglow is also about light and like... like this is also about light, but instead she's shimmering in the club. Okay, and what? Like... We've already heard, like, this idea before. It just feels very recycled. Mirrorball is on folklore. I just don't want to, you know... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, what are, are we done with this one? Oh, uh, we, gotta, we gotta give it a ranking. Right. Two. Oof. I'll be more generous. I'll give it a three and a half. Three, maybe. This is the only song on the album that any time it comes on... <laughs> It's a toilet. That's I can't a, believe she made a music video for this yeah, one. Yeah, I don't get that. And I haven't seen one for some of the yeah. the ones that we will see. Yeah. Maybe maybe they'll come out. We'll see. Anyway, um, toilet bowl, flush it. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> because bejeweled, those bejeweleds got flushed down the drain, honey. Ew. All right, the next track is number ten, labyrinth, labyrinth. Do you want to start? I will okay. because I have I don't have much to say. Okay. I have zero pros. Um, <sighs> it's another song where she sings too low for her range. So she's have a she has a habit in all of her music pretty much, but especially this album, it mm -hmm. sticks out like a sore yeah, thumb. Her her voice gives out. She sometimes. is a light airy soprano. I would know. Well, she yeah, she's not an alto. No. She's not even close. She, I don't even think I would classify her as a mezzo because she doesn't have a strong chest. She has a very high, upper, yeah. whispery, airy range. Head voice, yeah, she's got it. Her, she keeps going into this time. She sounds like Moira. She did that on Folklore and Evermore I know, quite and often. I and I hated it. <laughs> yeah. And I hate it because it's not a, it's not a very useful range for her it's essentially her vocal fry and mm -hmm. it's like hearing a, a valley girl try to sing constantly in the vocal fry range and and i think just to point it, out it doesn't sound like singing on gunter's new song um man enough oh god the swifties are gonna ruin me if you compare my music to taylor swift's no i'm just going to say in one of the original recordings your voice gave out at the part where and it won't be missed 
or whatever. True, it and did. I made and you I made me make re-record it. But I, well, it. I did make him re-record it. I was like, you need to hit that note better because yeah, no. it's so you you can say it because you've had to fix it in your own music. Okay, thank you yeah. for backing me up. <laughs> See, that's what a good partner does. Yes. You validate my psychotic opinions. And I guess because I get it, she's like she's wanting to sing deep but also airy, and that just does not work. No, not it doesn't work. So that's all I have to say. Okay, <laughs> this song is very folklore and evermore for those reasons, and it's also very breathy. Um, this Gunter doesn't like those albums, first of all, so that's why I knew he was not going to like this song. Folkmore. Um, I mean, that says it all. Uh, I do like the song, though. You've heard me play it in the song quite a few times, and you had to hold your tongue because we haven't talked about any of this. Did but... you notice I was holding my tongue? No. Okay. No, good. because you stayed pretty quiet on all of them. Um, I appreciate the lyric lost in the labyrinth of my mind that's one lyric i know it can't make or break a song um and then the production at the end i like because i like midnight rain she does the exact same voice distortion as she does in midnight rain again tying two different songs together in the album which i appreciate it makes it cohesive um so i like that but yeah it's it's like a very chill song not very exciting yeah no yeah moving on wait we gotta rate it oh yeah you're right i give this one a six and a half this is like a five it's a, I, I would not be sad if it was miss it feels like a filler track it's a five okay fair okay i just had to get <laughs> we, the lyric okay. we are back and <laughs> we just listened to karma track 11 um i'll start because i feel like you're gonna tear this song apart but, okay <laughs> i like the harmonies i think they're a vibe there's a part where she says, I for I was like, my panties make your crown. <laughs> That's what we were saying. Yeah. <laughs> Did she say panties no, or she pennies? Says, my pennies. Like make her your money. Crown. Yes. Okay. But it literally it really sounds like this my guy is wearing made. her panties on his head. Yeah. Like, that's... Like, I was, because Lacey panties. Yeah. And he said, she said Spider Boy. Did she date yeah. Andrew Garfield or Spider Boy? Uh, no, she says Spider Boy, your web's make this opacity it's like she's like you're you're weaving webs of lies so she like, didn't date an actor that was so. a spider-man no, in one of these multiverses and she hasn't dated i don't think she's dated andrew garfield she's been dating joe for like she's, six years oh yeah since lover she's i been swear with i heard that lyric it was like she dated one of the spider-men no and she's the spider boy i thought I it was mean, like a little yeah no 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 <laughs> okay. I mean, she's, anyway um that's funny. for me this is a drunk bop, and you can't deny it. If you're drunk at the club, you're going to be dancing. You're going to be shaking your ass. This Don't lie. It's not, enough <laughs> of an, it's not enough of a club bop. Okay, for, true. It doesn't really have, like, a deep bass, like, mm, boop, boop, you know. No, yeah. and the, the verses don't hit and flow to be a club but bop. But I so would I will dance to this there. as a drag queen. Yeah, I would, if too. If I was a drag queen. Yeah, no, yeah. it would make her a great <laughs> yeah. drag show. Um, the lyric... Karma is a cat purring in my lap because it loves me. I hate that I like this lyric. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> no, because it is so corny and dumb, but I'm like, hee hee, I love when cats sit in my lap and purr. You do, That's, you do. So I like that. Also, what the fuck, bleep it, is going on when she says, take all my friends to the summit. Go home with the guy on the screen. I'm just like... Is her boyfriend, like, an actor or something? Yeah. Okay, so that's... Summit, that. though? Summit she's sounds taking, like... She's taking all her friends to, to like, this... 
Like they're all going to be successful together while she or, leaves or him he's behind taking, or whatever. Oh, like the summit of a hill. Like the summit of a mountain. Like they're all going to achieve their See, dreams. I thought it was like a summit where like world leaders are meeting. Oh and my I was God. like, what the fuck? Too literal. But, too literal. But um, Taylor Swift is single-handedly going that, to solve the Ukraine-Russia yeah, no, crisis. But, but that, that part of that song, take all my friends to the summit, it doesn't rhyme. It doesn't flow. Why are you singing that? Why is that, is that in the bridge? I think it's in the bridge. Yeah. Um, but anyway, all that being said, Taylor loves karma. She believes in karma. She sings it. She's sung about it before. It's been in her music videos. I think it is karma that this album came out and exploded the week that Kanye was completely canceled. <gasps> oh my God. Like it was the same week. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So... Yeah, like, like this is this I think has been Taylor Swift's biggest album. I did not put that together. And in the same week that Taylor has been raking in the coin, baby, Kanye has lost hundreds of millions of dollars. Baby, he gambled it away and she took it all. Oh my god, I did not put that together. Holy crap! So that's karma. Wow, that two thousand eight said we going to sit and we going to fester. We're going to yeah. wait. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It comes around. It, it comes really around. does. Anyway, you can talk about what you want to talk about. Uh, so, I fucking love this song. Oh! I love this song. I don't. I and, don't no, that's know why, I'm but saying. I love this that's song. That's what I'm saying. I feel like it's easy to hate this song, oh, but yeah. it's also easy to love this song. The first time I listened to it, I was like... I hate myself because I love it. Yeah. Like, I wanted to hate it. I keep my side of the street clean. That's, that's a twerking song. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, my pros, I, I love this song. The way the song is written and the way that the production is, Mm -hmm. the way that the synths don't, they're not too dreamscapey. Like they're not mm-hmm. fading into the background. Her vocals and when she does that to look down. Okay, I love we that. We just talked about how when I she goes that. low and it's airy. In this song, she's hitting the notes. She's like, hitting she's, the notes yeah. and they're solidly. Yeah. My panties big. Yo crown panties. Pan- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. It, 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 she is reliable. Her voice is consistent. The vocals are what I love the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the very end when she says, Karma's a relaxing thought. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Yes. Text painting. She's yeah. taking what the words are talking about and p- making Which, the music imitate it. By the way, it. Taylor Swift it. has always been a good storyteller and she's always done that. I That's mean, Adele said I she's like one music. of the best songwriters yes. of the generation. Yeah. The only thing I did not like about it is... You know, I, I literally said it in my cons. I wrote down, the wordage is too much, but I also love it. Like, this is a song where, like, it's a all of the strings of Kama words actually make Kama sense to me. Kama is, yeah. I, lo- I, love, I love I love the lyric, karma is the breeze in my hair on the weekend. Okay, just... that's the one that I think that she should have reworked for the chorus. Like, if it were me, I don't, I don't know if I would have put that. Karma is a cat. It's so, it's like, so dumb, it's but so I dumb. like it. It's so dumb. <laughs> I meh with with that one. This song is like a nine and a half. Um, I want to say ten. Part of me wants to say ten. Although I think this Marina's Karma like did it better. Ten. Uh, I think Marina's I would say Karma eight was eight better. And a half. This is on the same level as Antihero for me. Uh, you know what? This is like my go-to. Like ah uh, yes, I like that song in the album when I'm looking and scrolling. So is I'm giving this it a your nine. Favorite song. I don't. I don't know yet. Because you said I was going to be surprised about what your favorite song was. We're 
I, 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 that was the song that I meant when I said you're going to be surprised. Interesting, and I am. <laughs> so I'm giving it a nine. Because I literally, didn't here. I just say you were going to rip this song apart? Yeah. I thought you were so. She got, she got. It's a, it's a good one. It's a good She'd one. She's making all the money with this one. Yeah. All right, Trevor, tell us the next track. Okay, the next track is Sweet Nothing. You want to start or me? Um, I'll, you start, because I... St- no, wait. I started... I started on Karma. Okay. but yeah. um, Pros, the meaning of the song I vibe with, like the simplicity mm-hmm. of finding someone that you don't have to, like, fight for to make love you. Mm-hmm. Look, we're not getting into the nitty-gritty, but I have fought a lot in my life to make people love me or like mm-hmm. me or care about me, and... You shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. You just shouldn't. It should be sweet nothing. And I love that vibe. Um, I have warmed up to the song a little bit as of last night and this morning because you played it in the car ride yeah. home yesterday. Mm-hmm. I, I don't love this song. I'm sure somebody <laughs> is happy to sit by the pool and drink to this one. But I find it corny. And again, there's too many freaking lyrics, which is ironic. Irony here, considering the title, Sweet Nothing. Yeah. But then there's so many freaking words in the song that I can't... There's just... And here's the thing. When you have a lot of words in a verse, we typically, as like musicians, will find a way to make it more rap or fit it into like a, a rhythm where everything kind of mm-hmm. is choppy and makes sense. She's not super great at not making... A solid rhythm when she has too many words. Her 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 phrasing and her lyrics just feel so awkward when she's trying to fit them in a span of like a very short verse. So this is just another example of it to me. Okay, I can see. But the that. song is sweet. I think the song. I I think the beginning of the song is childish again. Yeah. When I she's agree. like ding ding with my little tie. Yeah, I don't like that. Part. Well, she's trying to reference childhood I innocence. Know. I'm so also, it, I'm, all, I'm it, almost positive. Yeah, and again, this is folklore vibes. I do like the chorus. I think it's very pretty. I think it has a good melody. Sweet nothing. Like, I don't know. It's just Yeah, that part is pretty. But, the, pretty. but then it goes back to the ding, ding, ding. Yeah, I know. Ugh. And I can appreciate, I wrote this, I can appreciate a gentle moment in an album, especially when you're coming after a song like Karma. We're going to bring it down. Well, we it's like a New Year's that. Day on Reputation. And I love that song. You don't I like that song. I hate that song. I love that song. That's... That piano is so corny, but that's, again... Day. And free. Olivia Rodrigo took it. Anyway, she gave her Ooh. credit. It's fine. It's Ooh. fine. She gave her credit. Um, also, in this song... <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the buttons. <laughs> in this song, um, the lyric that sticks out to me, which I don't really like the way it fits in the song, but she goes, On the way home, I wrote a poem. It just reminded me of our relationship because in the car at night, I'll be driving home mm. and Gunter will be writing lyrics. And so that was cute. I wrote a lot of Nightmares and Daydreams, my upcoming double album, mm-hmm. um, while, because I make Trevor drive everywhere. Yeah, and he <laughs> well, just sits in, like, and he writes. So I yeah. I like, and her the words are, on the way home, I wrote a poem, you say what a mind, this happens all the time. Like, so I think it's... Oh, that's very us. Yeah, like, I'll he'll, like, write lyrics on the way home, and then I'll be like, how do you do that? And then he'll just be like, eh, I just do it all the time. So I I related to that part of the song and liked it. Um, I give this song... A, it's a 7. She's I, a 6 or a 6.5 okay. for me. Okay. Not, not very great. But it's sweet nonetheless. Yeah. Next we have Mastermind. Are we going to listen to it? I don't need to. 
No. Okay. But I do have a lot to say about this. Okay, go. I'm all ears. Okay. Um, this song is not my favorite. Um, I, I, I don't know. First of all, as a closer to the album, I'm like on the original album. Mm. I did not appreciate. The yeah, way we will it be going over everything. the yeah, three a.m. and too. the and the Target Deluxe track, oh, not the remix. I didn't take notes on that, but I listen to it all the time. Yeah. Anyway, Mastermind, not my favorite. But the thing I want to talk about with this song is there's a lyric where she says, "No one wanted to play with me as a kid." Same. And I think the reason Taylor Swift comes off as inauthentic and awkward and like a robot in interviews, I am not a medical professional yet, but I think she could have a touch of autism spectrum disorder. Based on that lyric alone, though? Oh, no, the whole song is... She is kind of cringy on social media, like she doesn't know how to... And when she was promoting Midnight, she did like Mid- Midnight Mayhem and she did the whole bingo thing where she would like, that is and so it was bizarre. so cringe. And the way that she and did the TikTok videos promoting it, leading yeah, up to it, it I, were very cringy. I just, I think she has trouble relating to other people. That's what this whole song is about. Me? She has to mass make these plans to get people to like her and be friends with her. Mm. She has, she's constantly worrying about like... You thought it was fate that we met, but I was planning it this whole time because mm. had I not been planning it, you would not have given me the time of day. You and, just increased the, well, she, through you, mm-hmm. just increased my score for this. Yeah, one. and so I, I think the concept is really good, and I think it's very vulnerable. Mm. But I don't, I it's not my, I don't it's like to listen favorite. to it. Yeah, it's... Yeah. There's a self-awareness in the song mm-hmm. that I think even anti-hero was not quite mm-hmm. getting to. Um, and I think that's a big artistic achievement for her. Um, but the song is kind of corny. Again, there's a lot of forced rhymes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be some in like every song. I've, yeah. de- I've definitely done like some forced rhymes. But I have a love-hate relationship with the song because the melody when she like it ends the chorus, you know, I'm a mastermind. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the way that it leads into that, and I like the self-awareness, but at the same time, the song doesn't do enough for me. It's another one of those songs where she's not really singing. She's yeah, kind of talking. It's kind of, it's narrating more yeah. than it is, like, singing. Um, but yeah, listening to this song and, like, looking at Taylor Swift throughout her career and stuff, I don't know. I just think she might be a little neurodivergent. Maybe. Mastermind, five. Mmm... Five. <laughs> Sorry, girl. All right, moving on. Do you need so to listen to the next one? We're going to the 3 a.m. edition, yes. and let me just tell you, this is the beginning of this the 3 a.m. This is where things get interesting for okay. me. Hey. <laughs> um, I personally think that the 3 a.m. song saved this album. For me. Interesting. Gunter's face is contorted, confused. <laughs> <laughs> um. The Great War. This, I think, is my favorite song on the album. I think this song, the lyrics, I freaking adore. It is classic Taylor Swift storytelling from start to finish. The whole song flows. It sounds like it should be a song on red. It really reminds me of All Too Well. Like, the way it just flows from one part into the next and the story develops. I love, one of my favorite things that Taylor Swift does in any of her songs is she'll make, and I've told you about this before, 
she will make subtle changes to the chorus lyrically as the song progresses. And so, like, in this song, I don't know, do you want me to look up what I'm talking about? Or do you have the lyrics? I have the lyrics pulled up. So every time she sings the chorus, um, my hand was the one you reached for all throughout the Great War. That's the first time she says it. And then next, um, this is what I, I was referencing. It took me a while to see it. So she goes all throughout the Great War. Always remember, uh-huh. Whatever. I vowed not to cry anymore if we survive the Great War. That's the first thing she says. So if we can make it through this tribulation, I'm not going to cry anymore. The next time she says it, she says, the burning embers, I vowed not to fight anymore if we survive the Great War. And then, um, the last time she says, all throughout the Great War, always remember, uh uh-huh, I vowed I would always be yours because we survived the Great War. So it's like, still, like, I think those are subtle changes, but it, it develops the song. It's not just, okay, the chorus, she's singing about the same shit throughout the entire thing. And I really like when she does that. And she does that in a lot of her songs. And I think it's genius songwriting. And I just think some of the lyrics that are so good, maybe it's the past that's talking, screaming from the crypt, telling me to punish you for things you never did. You know, we got demons coming back, tell, like like flashbacks that make us take take our anger out on people for no reason. Also, um, the part that I really like, and this is text painting or whatever it's called, there are taps playing in the back, like a snare drum throughout mm-hmm. the whole song as if it's like a battle. Yeah. And I, I think that that is just genius. So I really like this song. I listen to it all the time. Okay. That being said, <clears throat> I said meh, just not as creative. <gasps> you don't think it's creative? The way that you explained it makes way more sense but I still, like, this was my reaction to the first listen. Okay. I didn't really mm-hmm. write anything about the Great War after it, after, like, listening to it in the car with you or something. Okay. But this was my first listen. I was packing boxes in the old mm-hmm. apartment and listening on my headphones. The song is just as corny as can be, and I don't love corny. It's yeah. just like it's very like how sweet. many how many songs are people yeah. gonna write to the end of time about like love being a war and a battle and a fight? It's just so I've heard this a thousand times already. Yeah, it, it is a different take, but it's not original. Her lyricism though is very poetic, but at the same time, it's also like she's borrowing from. Like, there's a part where she says she drank the poison. It's like there's all these, like, Romeo and Juliet classic love stories. Mm-hmm. And we've already heard that. Marry me, Juliet. You'll never have to be alone. I'm like, okay, can you do something new? Yes. But I get that she's also referential at the same time. But, like, I see what you're saying. I just think you might need to listen to it again. Probably. With the lyrics. Because... But I don't love the sound of the song either. Mm-hmm. That, okay, well, that's going to be hard to fix. But yeah. also... At the end of the song, when she's singing the uh, bridge and everything, um, she says, We can plant a memory garden. Oh, I hate that part. (laughs) Well, okay, 
She says, say a solemn prayer, place a poppy in my hair. There's no morning glory. It was war. It wasn't fair. <sighs> poppy and morning glory are both types of flowers. And she says, plant a memory garden. I just think, again, she's very lyrically clever in this song. She is clever, but her yeah. clever, when you're too clever, it turns annoying. Like when a kid... Um, that's like really smart and clever. Like they can also be the ones that constantly need your attention. It's almost like through the cleverness of some of the lyrics, Tay-Tay is always looking for like validation and for people to like goad and like be like, oh, you're so smart. You're so smart. You're so creative. You're so, you're so talented. You're so, that's how this song comes off to me. It's like, look yeah, how original I'm being without her directly saying it. That's just how I'm interpreting I it. I also think though, that's what makes her unique as an artist. No one, not, I shouldn't say no one, Adele said it, you already said this, mm -hmm. she is one of the greatest songwriters of our generation. Yeah. Because she tells stories. And you can't deny it. And also you, I've told you in the past, when I listen to your music, when you do that thing where you subtly change the chorus, in Overlove you do it. True. I freaking love that. In a song that has been yet to be released called Pandora's Box. Oh, you also yeah. do it. You say something about um, it's going to show us our vices and then we all know our vice. Mm. Like you like subtly change it. And it's like a progressing story. And I just really like that when musicians do that. Anyway, for me, this song is a nine. No, it's a 9.5. Okay. Well, it it's, uh, I feel like this song will grow on me, especially after hearing your interpretation of it. Right now it's like a 6.5. I'm just, it, it, was very predictable. It it's was, a very it's a very Taylor Swift song. The Great yes. War, predictable. I like I saw that come in as soon as I started listening to it. I will give it one positive before we move on. Mm -hmm. The intro, the synthesizer that makes mm -hmm. it sound like she's in some like desolate wasteland. Mm -hmm. The she did set the mood. I literally saw like a grayed out wasteland and i can't believe you don't like the bridge because when she's like we could plant the memory garden and there's just... the background vocal of her like we can plant the memory no. garden i just it's like I, I just am not vibing with it maybe it will grow on me be betrayed. okay anyway <laughs> are we moving on um yes we gave the ratings let's okay. go on to bigger than the whole oh. sky oh, from me what? and then a. And then uh, for Trevor, it's yeah, his, basically yeah. his favorite. Yeah. Well, it might not be my. There's another. Song we'll see. Coming up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Next track, bigger than the sky. Bigger than the whole sky, girl. Oh, yeah. I. I missed one <laughs> yeah. word when I was making my notes. Let you go first, because I think I know what you're gonna say. Short and sweet. I wrote basically nothing. I actually wrote nothing for this, so I'm just working off of memory. Mm -hmm. I didn't like the song enough to write something on. Mm -hmm. I see where people could like emotionally get attached to it because it is a very sweet, like, like mm -hmm. almost like a lullaby, but not. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to her country roots for a mm -hmm. second. It just wasn't my vibe. Like yeah. I, after listening to it once or twice all the way through, I was like, uh, yawn, snooze yeah. fest. So I, I had not very many opinions on it. Mm -hmm. So that's literally all I have to say. That's how I felt at first. And then again, I think take into account her lyricism. You said lullaby. This song is about having a miscarriage. Is is that confirmed? Girl, did you read the lyrics? 
Is this First confirmed? First of all, when, in Maroon, when she says... Because you could... Hold on. When she says, standing in a blood-soaked gown, I think she's referring to the time she had a miscarriage. And in this song, she says... First of all, the opening lyrics of salt streams out of my eyes and into my ears. We've all been there where we're crying, laying on our back, and the tears are like flowing down into our ears. Love that imagery. And then everything I touch becomes sick with sadness. You were more than just a short time. I'm never going to meet what could have been, would have been, should have been you. Ah. Oh, it's so sad. That like, is so sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. And then at the end, religious trauma, she says, did some force take you away because I didn't pray? <sighs> Holy crap. Like, this is one of the most... And then she says, it's all over. It's not meant to be. So I'll say words I don't believe. Like, I'm chill. I got... This song makes me cry. It's really sad. But yeah, you're literally tearing yeah. up right now. <laughs> like for the for the listeners at home. Yeah. I just think and and she has never been vulnerable talking about, you know, ch- wanting children or anything like that before. Ugh. Real emotions in real time, baby. Let it out. It's just so sad like the 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 the, the end of the chorus is I'm never going to meet what could have been would have been should have been you. Damn. Wow. I definitely have to re-listen to this song. Yeah. Even HuffPost, I was Googling while you were talking, mm-hmm. and um, they have an entire article by Caroline Bologna, Bigger Than the Whole Sky, The Miscarriage Message, in the Taylor Swift yeah, song. Yeah, and I don't know, you know... It, it's, it's just, it's, yeah. it's allegedly, mm-hmm. it is conjecture and speculation at this point because she hasn't told, she hasn't been yeah. public about what it's about. But there are people... Who were like swearing that this is exactly how they felt after their miscarriage, yeah. like tweeting about it, that are referenced in the article. So it's it's possible. And like you were bigger than the whole sky. Like she was so excited to. Right. And, and that doesn't mean it was planned. Maybe she found out she was pregnant and was like, "Okay, I'm gonna have a kid." And then she like right. built herself up about it. And then if that part in Maroon, standing in a blood-soaked gown, Ugh. is that like that Ooh. is so traumatic. Like Maroon has been an important color to her. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> For all of my critiques, which, again, are just my opinion, mm-hmm. I come from a very analytical side of music, and then emotion typically will come second. Which is not. I'm emotional. Which is the opposite of how yeah. Trevor is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to hand it to her. Like, the the interpretation that you have of it, if, like, all of that was intended, mm-hmm. and with the colors, and the songs, and whatnot... Girl, she's very the smart. Freaking, the freaking, the part when I heard, did some force take you away because I didn't pray? Like, Ugh. I, uh, that just makes me so sad. Okay. Well, yeah, anyway. <laughs> what is your rating for I it? give this song, I, I, it's not, it's not a, you know, powerhouse, you know? So I'm going to give it like an eight. I think it's very sad and amazing, if that's what it's about. We, we don't know. She has not said this is about when I had a miscarriage. Allegedly. Yeah. Um, I just think she was very vulnerable. The lyrics are very well written. And it is, like you said, like a lullaby, which even further paints the, yeah. you know. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give it like a five because I basically have no opinion on okay. it. Okay. So we'll give it an applause for you. Mm-hmm. I wish there was a meh. <laughs> Paris. 
Track 16, Paris. I hated the song. It's terrible. I also hate this song. It, and it's Katie's like favorite song. Uh, Katie, our friend, we love you. It's not Katie's favorite song. She just said of the 3 a.m. tracks, she really likes Paris. Uh, we do and not agree. Shade, not the kind that's thrown, but the kind under where a tree has grown. Come on. <laughs> Come on. That is so corny. That is so corny. It is so extra and corny uh, excuse me sorry. i hate this song i hate it <laughs> yeah this the sonic sound i hate the choice of synthesizers i hate i hate everything about the song it is the it is annoyance the definition of something that is annoying put into music to me yeah and it made me sad because i was like wow these 3am tracks are coming out swinging and then you and hit, then paris. I hit paris and i was like and you're like this is like paris france you expect whatever and then there's trash on the street it's stinky yeah <laughs> i've heard paris is stinky i've never been though i said it's not my favorite i don't think i don't hate it as much as you do i said it's kind of just mad like i like the idea of ignoring everything that's happening in the world and you feel like you're in a different place with the person you love. Like uh, the song did not give that vibe because you were just too annoyed by it. No, yeah. this is this is like where the lyrics don't match what's happening in the music. Like it's the oh, opposite. Like the vibe. It's like text killing. <laughs> but like see, I'm just saying I like some of the lyrics, but the the song as a whole it's not my favorite. I give it a 3. 1. Oh. Yeah. Toilet bowl. Baby, that's a <laughs> Yeah, no, sorry, girl. High Infidelity, track 17. Wow, girl, it's a long album. Yeah, um, we're trying well, to get through well, them so we could go hang out with friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, this reminds me a lot of Evermore, like some of the tracks on Evermore. I don't hate this song, and but also I'm, like, confused. Like, did she actually cheat on someone? I... Sonically, I like it. I like the ooh, 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 ooh. It's kind of sounds like yodeling a little bit um, towards the end. I don't know. Again, not my favorite, but I don't hate it. I would listen to it. The only thing I said about it was I like the synths. Like the mm -hmm. whoever engineered the sound for the keyboard. I really like the one that they chose. I don't have any cons, but the song is so forgettable to me that that's, I believe that's why. Yeah. Like, I mean, out of 20 tracks, you're going to get a song or two that are, like, yeah, forgettable. Yeah, of course. No, and that's if one, you this have one. a long album, yeah. Like, it's just going to happen. So what's your rating? Six and a half. I don't know. I don't I, know. I'm, like, four, because I don't remember what it sounds like. Hi, infidelity. Put on your records and wait for me. Next. Um, track 18. Glitch. Go ahead. Well, let's, I'll start with my okay. pros for Glitch. <laughs> it's kooky and quirky. I and wrote, I, this song is weird. I do like Marina, who was very yeah. quirky in her style. And the song kind of gets into that world. I do like the synths. They're cute mm -hmm. and the synths like scoop in a way that I like. Mm -hmm. It works for the instrumentals. <clears throat> Not... For the vocals. Not for the vocals. If she scoops in one more song, even though we're two songs away from the end. Okay, but scooping is pop music. Like Okay, but she, she is so extra like, about it. The scoop there's a scoop at the end of every single line of the chorus where her voice goes Counterfeit Yeah, glitch? there's like, okay, there's a difference between scooping and like what is that called? Whining. It's, it's like, a glissando. Glissando kind of A glissando like, would be like a <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like Gunter is a classically trained singer, by the way. You just got a little taste. So of that. is Trevor, I am, but okay. 
I, I def- did have two years of lessons. I have more okay. training than you. That's fine. Um, it's her. It's her thing, and I'm sorry, but I hate it. It's her thing. She does it all the time. It makes everything she sings on those words sound half as serious as they should be. Yes. True. Glitch. I think it takes away from. Yeah, the impact that some of the lyrics can have. The only part I really like like of this song is when she goes, Five seconds later, I'm fastened to you with the stitch. Like, mm. I, I, I like that imagery. But also because I work in surgery right now, so stitching is... I don't know. I just like that. Can I, I also say, as a musician who does write their own music, the song Glitch makes me think of, like, a computer glitching and, like, crazy weird techno sounds. Which is what Where it was sounds... Where was that? Oh. I got that. I think the song is more bubblegum pop than it is, like, yeah. techno-y electronic. I like the part like, Glitch! Ooh. It's, like, weird. No. Uh... And I feel like the production is pretty weird, too. Pause. I need to listen to okay. this. <laughs> okay, so we just listened to it again. Trevor's version of Glitch, I guess, is... Anything that sounds staticky and kind of like okay unexpected. Yes, but also it the harmonies are weird. They're very dissonant and creep like in the background. I don't think they're that dissonant. Um, to me, when I see the word glitch, I'm thinking. You're thinking Charlie XCX. I am thinking yes. hyperpop. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> not that I'm super into that, but that's just where my brain goes. So it's like a cognitive dissonance between what the whole song is like themed around and then what it actually sounds like. Mm-hmm. It really just sounds like old scratchy, dusty vinyl. Yeah. It, like a like a sound filter of like yeah. a poppy static, and the song is a little too laid back for. I agree. I think it should be more techno. Yeah, it's yeah. just and and that's my personal preference. If someone else is like, no, I love how sweet it is and how like. Um, soft the production is, then like go for it, mm-hmm. get your coin. Yeah. But yeah, what's your opinion? Like the rating? Yeah, what, did you? I kind of. I mean, yeah. It's just. It's just a weird song. So it's, what do you rate it? Unexpected. I have five. I'm, I'm giving it a six, which okay. is higher than I probably yeah. think I would. So. Uh, <laughs> with a half clap. Yeah. <laughs> she like tried to do something different. She but did. It, did she? Is it really that different? I don't know. All right, we need to listen to the next song. Yeah. Okay, we just listened to some mm-hmm. snippets to remind ourselves what it sounds like. I I want to start okay. on 19. Mm-hmm. Would've, could've, should've. Let me start with the pros. The heavy sound of the beat and guitars at the beginning was honestly really good. And the vocal scooping in the chorus in the song actually works really well most of the time. Like, now that I know, groan. It, 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 it kind of works. The lyrics are also very good. Like... Like, this is, like, it's storytelling without her being extra about it. And I really vibe with that. Uh, they weren't too much in a short amount of time. Like, she had a, what, what felt like a strategic and appropriate and a calm amount of lyrics for each verse. It wasn't, like, smashing them all together. Probably one of the better songs on the album is what I said after my first listen mm-hmm. through. Um, but I wish there was more in the background. I don't know. Like, it was... Almost like the, there was too much reverb on everything, so it was all just like a wash of sound. Mm-hmm. I would have liked a little more definition and be able to hear the individual like notes being played on the synths or like yeah. whatever. My cons are that the beat is so awkward. She's she's going for this like um, 
I don't want to say 90s. It's almost like a bluegrassy beat almost in the in the drum set. And it will like go for a second like and then it stops. And then it comes back in. The drum beat is very awkward. It's very inconsistent. Like it comes in and then disappears, but within the span of the same verse. Um and I don't know. I like a I like a beat and that's not making me feel awkward. Her vocals are actually pretty good, but the drum sets uh, create a rushing. So there's like this push and pull where the drum rushes the verse and then it stops. And then it feels like the song slows down. And then it rushes again and then it stops. Um, okay. I know Jack Antonoff or Tay-Tay were trying to do something different, but it just felt very disjointed. The the rhythm specifically. Mm. Okay. But I liked the main melody and I liked the snippet yeah. that we listened to. This song isn't instant bop for me a I, bop. it's a bop it's a bop because let me tell you what <laughs> bop to the top like as soon as it comes in it's giving wild wild west a little bit to me like with the drums and the who adele hoo. yeah yeah like, okay like you know what i mean okay, like okay. like western but like okay poppy okay um which i like um Again, she hits at that religious trauma. Get like she's on her knees for Jesus or whatever, but then is she on her knee? You know. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, this song just has such like you said a push and pull. Yeah, I like it. I feel like it flows. Like it's just like it sounds like kind of like water under the bridge. Like Do you it's think kind of like, like flowing overall. The so- oh okay, so we're just yeah. hearing the the we're hearing the drum set very differently. Yeah, I think you know I. I use this word. I'm like, it has a forward-moving ostinato, which you hate. It's, I, it's just it's the bass line. Ost- yeah, it's just the bass line. Doom, but it's doom, repetitive doom, and, like, doom, flowing. Doom, flowing. Doom. Okay, not meow mix. Like, okay, uh, meow, water meow. under the bridges for our <laughs> yeah, listeners. Yeah. An ostinato, a bass line, would be, like, the... And it just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah, it just repeats over and over. And I love when songs do that because I feel like it just gives it a very flowing quality. Like, it's not awkward, like, hard to listen to. You can just have it playing enough throughout the whole song. It's just from start to finish one concept. If the drums were more consistent, I literally think it would make the song, like, twice as good to me. Okay, that makes sense. I just think the instrumentation paired with I love the tone of her voice in this song. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of hearkening, hearkening, what the hell? But hearkening back to, like, early Taylor, like, when she was 19. Like, it's, like, like a love story, like, that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it feels like it should have been on red. Yeah. That's what this yes. song feels like. Um, Just, I love the part when she says, like, um, 19! Like, I, I love her voice there. Anyway, um, the bridge is so good. It's like, it just builds and builds and builds. And then she's like, I put you first. Like, give me back my girlhood. It was not yours or whatever. And then she's like, the way it flows into the final chorus. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. So she says, it was my And then just like that. Yeah, just like just that. Like Actually, that. you thought Taylor was that in was the room. a dead ringer. Yeah. And then she <laughs> says, um, and a damn sure I never would have danced with the devil. That how she breaks off the first part of the chorus so that the bridge flows perfectly into the chorus. Like I just love it. Yes. This song, when I heard it for the first time, I was like, whoa we need to start this track over because I wasn't paying enough attention. 
Well, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> this is a, this is a, I don't remember what I gave The Great War. Probably get a 9.5. I'm going to give this a 9. I think I gave Glitch like a 6, which is too nice. But yeah, that I think I'll give 19, uh, track 19, would have, could have, should have. I think I'll give it a 7. Okay. I also like how she, the title of this song is like kind of in Bigger Than The Whole Sky. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, but they're completely different vibes. Anyway. All right, two more tracks to go. Let's do Dear, Dear Reader. Reader. So this is the Number last song on the 3 a.m. edition. Yes, which is basically her deluxe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have no cons, but I don't love this song either. <laughs> like, the, be the beat and the effects on the vocals were great. The reverb that they added um, and... Even uh, the overdone pitch correction, like the over auto tuning that they did, mm -hmm. kind of added a vibe to the song that I wish she would have done to glitch. Like, yeah. I did like the overdone auto tune, and most of the time I'm not super into that. And I like the message of the song, but overall, kind of corny, but mm -hmm. it's not. It's one of the better songs on the album. Yeah. I'll give it that. I think that this song is really sonically captivating. Like, I just feel like it kind of pulls you in and. The beat in the beginning, or actually, I guess maybe it's the beat in the second chorus or something like that. It is almost the exact same beat as Maroon. Yeah. And I'm like, again, I think she's trying to make the album very cohesive, which I like. But also, it's like, maybe give us a little something different. Mm. Um, I, I really like the background vocals and instrumentation of this song. There's one uh, in the second chorus, she herself sings it an octave down mm -hmm. and it sounds like haunting like it's like i just love that part of the song some of the lyrics like i love the background too where it's like this song honestly is kind of like a wrap-up of the whole album i think it does it very well because there's the distorted you should find another garden light which is like again in a bunch of other songs in the album that distortion um i like when she says where I pace in my pen and my friends found friends who care. Mm. It's like, I'm sitting home at lo alone, writing music, pacing with my pen. Never heard that before, but I like that. Um, and my friends are with people who actually care about them because they think I'm a shitty friend. Mm. Like, I just think that's a, an interesting lyric. And then she says right after that, no one sees when you lose when you're playing solitaire. Like, mm. she's hurting and no one is noticing because she has no friends. Yeah. Um, Relatable content, queen. <laughs> Honestly. Um, but yeah, so I like this song. It's not my favorite, but I find myself listening to it. Like, I'll always go back to it. I, I give this one an eight. I think it's it's a good song. I give it a seven and a half. Okay. Yay. Isn't that crazy? It would have, could have, should have. I really didn't love overall even though i think it's one of the better ones on the album <laughs> i have very weird opinions and that's okay mm -hmm. you don't have to agree with them yeah. um yeah so yeah we gave her a high enough score go, girl, go. the last song the ultimate this you can only listen to it if you go and buy the cd from target, At target. Yeah. and i'm gonna be honest worth it it is worth it. It's worth it. This song is good. The remixes, like, I haven't cared about. I haven't listened to any of the remixes. But this one. But the, yeah. the one original Target... Oh, you mean the remixes of the two bonus tracks. Yeah, no. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, hits different. It's track 21 if you play the Target version. The Target 3 a.m.? Oh, no. No, no, no. The Target not doesn't a Target have the 3 a.m. So it's track 14. Okay. If you listen to it, the Target version. So, yeah. hits different. 
should have been on the main album. Yeah, what was she it thinking? It really should have been. It's like I hate it. I hate it when artists. <laughs> yeah. Like Adele I, did it. I'm pretty with yeah. Adele did yeah, it with um, can't, be, can't together. be together. And I'm yeah. like, girl, that should have been on the normal album. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, can't let go and lay me down and oh why do you God. love me on yes. 25 the Target yeah. Deluxe version of 25. Why yeah. were those not on the main album? Those there, are so good. There's a few snoozers on 25 yeah. all these years later. I can look and be like, okay, maybe not my go-to piano mm-hmm. ballad, okay? Yeah. And the three bonus tracks on the Target version, I'm like, what was her label thinking? Because well, it's it typically it the label that makes this decision. It makes it worth it to buy it. It does make it yeah. worth it to buy it, but at the same time, like, for artistic quality, hits different should have been on the album. Yeah. And honestly, competitor for... Lead single. It's a competitor for my one of my favorite songs. Yeah, lead single. Well, there wasn't a single, first of all, for this. Antihero was the first video, but there was not a lead single for the album. Okay. Um, Well, it kind of acted like I know. Yeah, I'm just saying. Um, Hits Different should have been on the main album. I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Trevor doesn't know I'm doing this. What song would you replace on the 3 a.m. edition of Midnight's? Okay. Which song would you replace? Would you like would be your out so that you can put hits different in its place? What song are we cutting? Which one's a chop? Paris, absolutely. Okay, for so, me. For, so that's from the three a.m. I I would a hundred percent agree. What if we stopped at Mastermind and it was just the Target version? Well, okay, this is one of her biggest songs right now, but I hate Bejeweled. I hate Bejeweled. Yeah. I'm also like replace <laughs> like, it. Fine yeah. with replacing it. In yeah. terms of, like, a song that I'm just kind of like, meh. She could have replaced Maroon with it. Yeah. She could have... There are so many songs that it is better than. Yeah, I agree. And and I get it. It, it makes it, like, okay, there's a reason that you want to buy the Target version then because you get a song that's actually good. But it stinks that I can't listen to it on streaming platforms because I'm always using Spotify and stuff. Like, right. Um, what did you like about it? Um... See, my brain, I'm, we've been talking about this album for so long, I'm, it's like fried. Our brain's turning to mush. Yeah, can you, do you have any parts that you really like about it, specifically, so it'll jog my memory? Um, I really like the, the melody that she crafted for this. catastrophic blues moving on was always easy for me to do. Like that rhythm, that's the, like there's, there's enough movement and then there's enough notes that are held out that the rhythm doesn't feel awkward, it feels intentional. Um, um, and I like that a lot. And the melody, just the main melody, like the pitches and the way that they flow, it's different. Like it's I, time. yeah, I was surprised at how much I like the song. Yeah. It honestly gives me, um, what's that? What's the what was the bonus track on Chromatica? The Target version oh, or whatever. God, it sounds like a Whitney Houston Love song. Me. Yeah. Will you stand on me right? It's giving this, that. This song sounds like it should have been on 1989, which is a, <gasps> is a really yes. good album. Yes, it does. And and like it sounds like it literally could be on it. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That song is really good. The what does she say? She says um, something. Shit, my friends say to get me by. <gasps> yes, day. yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it's just. Oh my love is a lie. Yeah, shit my friends say to get me by. Yes, yeah. that. <laughs> that. Yeah. If I had one critique, it would be that when she gets to the, it's different. Yeah. That that is a weird, awkward pause right there. The and court. I wish she would have written a little more. Yep. 
she honestly <laughs> ironic have... i wish she would have written a little more for this song yeah yeah and i agree but that that oh my love is a lie shit my friends say to get me by um catastrophic blues mm-hmm. moving on was was always easy for me to do like those lines they slap good melody she good slapped song. on this yeah. song i would give that song a nine also i think i'm giving it an a nine or a nine and a half. Wow. Like that, that that song okay. kind of she knew what she was doing. See, that song is like and if classic she put it, Taylor Swift, like pop Taylor Swift, and not she, like Yeah, and she yeah. did put it on the Target Deluxe version, which means Oh, she's in the money. And and she even made a video. She literally made a video and put it on Instagram or TikTok or something. Say go to Target. She was like, here I I don't know if she played a little sneak peek of it or whatever but she was like hits different is only so like scurry on over to target and buy it like she it's she's trying to make that money yeah you know she has all the different vinyl colors and it makes a clock when you put them all together and people are can you only get those at target no you can get them on your website but people she wants people to buy four different vinyls that is so much money that is so much like vinyls like if it's like from a big artist if you're ordering online and it's a new big album, can be like 40 bucks. Yeah, no, I'm can sure be they 30, are. 35 bucks a piece. And the thing that's cool also about the vinyls, though, is they have the numbers around the center. I've seen people, you can buy clock hands, and they make the actual just vinyl itself into a clock. Okay. And I think that looks cool. That's extreme. Because the colors of her vinyls are very unique. They're like marble. Yes, but you're not like... seeing them through the cases. It's, it's the actual sleeves. No, no. That what I just said, it's the literal vinyl has the numbers around it. Oh. And they're making just one of the vinyls Wait, a clock. pressed into yes. the actual vinyl. Yeah, I'm Googling it's this. cool. Like, I Hold saw on. it on TikTok. Um, I'll try to find it on TikTok. Um, while you do that, overall, I think this is... It's This album is very... It, it's, like, awkward. The album is, like, an awkward stage of like growing up almost Mm -hmm. like she's become more self-aware and the music is much more experimental and she's not giving into what other people necessarily want her to do however she it doesn't quite go all the way for me yeah and like the reviews i saw that were like this is her best album yet her best album ever oh okay i see the numbers are on the they're Mm -hmm. on the sticker that you put in the middle of the vinyl when you're pressing it okay um i mean there's there (laughs) there she still has some growing to do for me personally as an artist she there's still more that i want to see from her that's not this like as a man talking about another woman's art i don't want it to come off misogynistic but it almost sounds catty like the way that she does the whole like i'm grown and i've i've you know worked on myself and worked on my ego and you're not going to tear me down i'm all in support of it but the way that she goes about it just it feels very full of drama like you i always go back to the i never trust a narcissist but they love me and then she talks about her own narcissism in this album it she didn't quite do the full 180 like i was waiting for her to do yeah so i don't fully believe her but this album is not 
<clears throat> overall a chop. There are some songs that I will definitely listen to and sing along to and want to mm -hmm. learn the words to, but there are many skips on this album. There's a lot of filler. Yeah. Originally when I first heard this album, I was like, oh, this is one of my favorite Taylor Swift albums. But like going back and like ranking each one, like giving it a, a grade or whatever, I'm kind of like, ah, they're like... Red, I think, will always be my favorite Taylor Swift album, mm -hmm. just because 1989, I think, is better than this one. Lover, I think, is better than this one. Like Controversial. Yeah, I know. But um, my overall thoughts on the album are, I, I do think it's one of her better albums for me. Like, I, I can see myself actually listening to songs. I don't listen to Fearless. I never listen to her debut album. I never listen to Speak Now. Like, it's just, I don't listen to those eras and so this is one of my and i don't really listen to folklore evermore has some good songs to me um so this is one of her better albums i'm happy she didn't just do the folklore evermore thing again where it was just like indie girl in the woods yeah um, that was that was too much i like in this one that she's more vulnerable she admits to having flaws throughout the whole thing like it seems very personal and real it has good sounds while being con cohesive i got a question for you oh do you think lord stifled Jack Antonoff's creativity no on solar power no because I think this album is more creative than solar power sorry not sorry I'm a lord stan no all no the no way. my question was do you think while creating solar power with Jack Antonoff Lord did not give him the creative freedom that she should have yes yeah, yeah. that's what I meant was to that say. your question that, yeah, oh, yeah I completely <laughs> took it as does Jack Antonoff suck now and I was no, like no, honestly sorry. no 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 um, yeah. No, I, no, I think Jack Antonoff was probably not able to do all of the experimental things that he wanted to do. Because it's Solar on Power. this album. Because it's on this album, yeah. 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 But and it's on melodrama. Some of the songs are too experimental for their own good. Like, it's like they ignored some staples of, like, pop formatting and lyricism and... Mm -hmm characterization for like synths and fun effects in the background and let's try different kooky weird rhythms and it, to me it made some of the the filler songs the skip ones kind of mediocre mm -hmm. like this album could have been more and i think people are hyping it because it's new but i, I don't think we'd be doing either one of them justice by saying that every song they wrote on this album was no. was a hit because they absolutely were not some of them were mediocre yeah and i'll say this this is my opinion i think gunter's album that is coming out is better than midnight's really yes and yes i'm biased whatever but i'm my is, own biggest critic is, so the this is so don't think that i think the same thing <laughs> this is the way that i look at it if Gunter came out with Midnight's, would people listen to it? I don't think so. That's how that's how I think about it because I'm like I think I think she gets I a lot of attention just for her name. I yeah. said once someone is famous, the music that they put out does not have to be up to par. Well, people will listen to Kanye. It. Yeah, Jesus is King. Well, okay, but every Sam Smith's latest album flop. Like yeah. it's just. Lord's latest album, yeah. Flop. But people like, still listen people to it. People still listen to it. It still charts because it they are already famous. That's why it sucks. Like to become famous in the pop industry is so difficult. But once it happens, your music does not have to hit the same. Well, look at Adele Thirty. <laughs> I love Thirty. I think it's mm -hmm. her best album yet. It's it's a close it's a close tie. Well, and with she 21. took six years to put it out. She like, took she forever put to time do it. In, yeah. But she's also 
she's not known for being the pop songstress, like dance party songwriter. Yeah. yeah. Um, but even she could come out and <laughs> she could shit on a plate and I would buy it. Like there yeah. are, like I understand why Swifties would do the same thing because you're attached to the image, the artist, their story, their history. Like you're and along the with their ride. That they've made on you throughout your life. Right. Like, you yeah. follow their career and you attach to it. That's part of being in a fandom. Like that's yeah. part of the parasocial relationship of yeah. being a fan. Um Yeah. And I was not that, so I'm looking at it what feels more objective than maybe some other people would review it, mm -hmm. perhaps. One of the last things I want to ask you, or what I thought about, so Adele saying Taylor Swift is one of the best songwriters of our generation. Personally, I would love for Taylor Swift to write a song for Adele mm. and, like, sing background i don't want them to be featured on a song together adele would like, blow her voice like out of the it, water it, 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 no well not only that their voices just don't mesh they did they would not be but a good i blend. think actually i don't know i don't know if if taylor like i just think that would be a very interesting collab and it would break the whole i freaking hate this feud between Swifties and Adele fans, where they're same they're on Twitter, like I don't know if y'all have ever Twitter seen is not the real world. No, obviously yeah. not that Elon Musk runs it. Okay, now, but so. yeah. but it's like literally anytime either one of them achieves something, the other the other side is like, well, they're not down. they're not as good as as this. Yeah, like, like I even see Adele accounts yeah. tweeting. Like I think the Swifties are more known for it. I would agree, they are. They're more known yeah. for like attacking anybody that has anything to say. Well. And it's crazy, and I also think that Tay-Tay has a social responsibility to, like, put some messages out on social media mm. telling her fans to, like, calm down and leave people alone. Um, I, I do think that she has a responsibility to do something of that sort, even though she's not in control of their behavior. I get it. They still have to own their own behavior at the end of the day. So that's one critique I have of Tay-Tay. Like, I think she needs to come out and rein them in a little bit. I also see Adele accounts, like, come out when, like, and they'll, like, still subtweet, because that's still they, a like, thing. They, like, make fun of and Taylor. And they make fun of Taylor Swift, yeah. and they're like, here's all of Adele's achievements. Taylor your faves could, could never. Well, they won't even say no. Taylor. They'll yeah. say, your fave could never. And then, like, the eye emoji. Yeah, it's like the subtweeting. I'm like, can we just let, or why does it always have to be women against women yeah. in the field? Can't we support them both? Or it's like, Adele's easy on me breaks all these <laughs> records, and they're like, <laughs> Taylor's latest album flopped in comparison just because like, one wins more doesn't mean that the other one is a flop like 25 versus lemonade i hated that um they put my favorite beyonce album i was not a beyonce beehive person mm -hmm. until lemonade mm -hmm. and then renaissance came out and that's another topic and then adele 25 those were two of my favorite albums mm -hmm. in many many years they were up against each other and everybody made it this big feud between Beyonce and Adele. And they're, like, really good friends. Adele still to this day claims that Beyonce is one of her biggest idols and biggest influences. Adele does the same with Taylor, too. Like, clearly, clearly, she took her son Adele's for his first concert to a Tay-Tay uh, uh, concert. Like, Taylor is Angelo's favorite artist. Like, uh, I think he... now it's Billie Eilish or oh, something. Oh, okay. But, yes, well, he likes all the girlies. Yeah, but, like, it's just, like... And so Angela was Adele's son, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I just don't get why the fans have to make it 
I mean, I get competition. You're going to compare, but... It's almost like a war. To, like, you're yeah. fighting over resources that everyone has access to. Like, yeah. like you you don't have to be on one side or the other. Also, why can't you just support both? Yeah. It's, a, it's different if you don't like their music. Yeah, but if, like, you're, if you yeah. don't vibe with Adele and you think she's boring. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I don't know. But anyway, she's I do favorite, think it though. would be interesting. Because I, I think both of them are amazing songwriters. So I think they could write a kick-ass song together. With Adele performing it. I agree. <laughs> well, I don't know if I agree. The, to be continued. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much if you have yeah, made it this far. made it this far, wow. After editing, I have no idea how long this is going to last. We might have to cut some stuff, but... Thank you so much for listening to our first episode. Any any uh, last words about the topic before we do our plug and mm. sign off? No, not really. I mean, like we said, you we know. We talked a lot. We talked a lot about it. I think we covered everything. Thanks for listening in. Um, I thought, you know, making a podcast would be really awkward, but it was kind of nice to just sit down and talk. We laughed more than I thought we would. Yeah. Look at us go. <laughs> Um, so last minute plugs that we'll do at the end. You can follow me on Instagram at Gunter McCourt, G-U-N-T-E-R-M-C-C-O-U-R-T. Um, you can, I don't know how Twitter's going, so we won't promote that until it's settled down. You can also follow, um, my Facebook page at Gunter the Singer, and you can go to GunterTheSinger.com to get all the info and links you need to my upcoming album, Nightmares and Daydreams. Um, uh, it's a double album, actually. It's out November 18th. So if you want to rip me to shreds after me doing the same to your fave, I completely understand. Trevor, where can we find you? Um, I don't know. I'm not, you can, I mean, you can find me on Instagram at Trevor T. Van Vliet at, oh, no, that's just my handle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's T-R-E-V-O-R-T-V-A-N-V-L-I-E-T. Um, and don't follow my face. Don't, you know, don't go on my Facebook. Yeah, don't, don't. He's not yeah. a public figure. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> you will get blocked. Um, but we might make an Instagram for this podcast if people We're actually We're going to have to, I'm yeah, sure. So we'll let you know whenever that comes out. Um, but yeah. This was fun, and we'll see you next time. I don't know if we're going to do bi-weekly, weekly. We'll see. Who knows? Yeah, just but, well, we're going to try to feel the vibe. Somewhat we're consistent. Try to be regular, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, bye. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. We're up and out. Yeah, goodbye. Okay,